Bang. It is what it is. Goodbye, Angelicia. Have safe, be fun. Nobody even they go. That was hilarious. Come back. I'm gonna start calling her that. You say have safe, be fun. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, hey everyone, fun. welcome back to. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to make her hate me? You called her Angelicious. Did, did you catch that? Oh, it's no. I've been recording for about a minute now. <laughs> I will be excusing myself for this episode. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That is oh, delicious. Man. Oh, oh man. gosh. Don't talk about my future wife like that. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Distracted Quartet of Chaos. Today, we are talking about... Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this it's is been a great episode. See you next time. This has been great. No, this oh. is the Distracted Quartet of Chaos podcast. If you have uh, listened to us before, then welcome back. Thanks for coming back to us. And if this is your first time, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are four siblings who grew up together, raised on Disney, so we're covering Disney. We've been doing all of the Walt Disney Animation Studios feature films, uh, review style, starting in 1937 with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and working chronologically up to present day. And today, we are in the 80s officially, and what? we are covering The Fox and the Hound today. If you didn't read the title of the episode, so yeah, thanks for joining in, you guys. A uh, couple points of business before we dive into the bulk of the episode. First of all, uh, this episode is going to be a doozy, so buckle up, get ready for a history class because we've got so much happening in the company. Oh yeah, and then also just be prepared emotionally because the fox and the hound's a heavy hitter. Um, so just. Get yourself ready. Get some tissues this if you're a crier. might be a long one. And it might be a long one. And uh, to try to help lighten the mood of such an emotional movie, we brought in our dad. We have Aww. another guest today. He's come back. Thank you. We're very happy to have dad back. He was a big hit on our Jungle Book episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have him defend the villain of this movie from the perspective of <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, hang on. I haven't said anything yet. I have not said anything. No, Welcome. So, How's it feel? You get yourself there. If you can't tell yet, warning for headphone users, we do tend to get pretty loud. And we're in person today. We are celebrating Angela's birthday that oh, happened recently. I thought that was Angelicious. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so we were in person today. You all know Angela as long as you've listened to Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and so we figured we're in person. We'll go ahead and record the next episode. So here we are. Um, we are on all podcast platforms, and we're on YouTube as well. I've just started putting a couple of our videos up on YouTube, so Whoop. if you're a big fan of YouTube, go ahead and hop on there, leave us some likes and comments and subscribes and all that jazz. If you're on YouTube, say hi in the comments. Exactly, exactly. And then... I was going to try to uh, say, like, if you're on YouTube, say, and then give a very specific phrase, but I'm like, I don't know, uh, my mind's blanking right now, so I'm not <laughs> so going to... And then, hi. speaking of YouTube, if you're a fan of YouTube, myself and my friend Hunter have a YouTube channel where we play there video games, is. and we typically live stream. We're doing a lot of Kingdom Hearts lately, which we talk about on this podcast a good bit. Uh, it's called Blood Red Beard Games, the same so network. It's all good. if you want to go watch some videos games being played poorly you can go watch me play kingdom hearts mm-hmm. um so i too have a youtube channel do you really dad broken and bama remember oh yeah i forgot about Bro- that ken as in brother ken yes broken in bama if 
you want to see some devotions. I forgot about that. Sorry, yep. Dad. Well, I think that is all that I have to say. So without further ado, we shall begin this episode once my brothers get off of their cell phones. I am trying to look up something. You keep going. Okay. What's your excuse, Andrew? Subscribing to our oh. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know like what? you all should I'll take be doing. That, I'll take that. Um, so <laughs> let's go ahead and be introduced to our listeners. Uh, so first of all, we have our special guest, Dad. Dad, you are chief today. You are Pat Butcher <laughs> himself. Well, thank you very oh, much. Sometimes yes. a little old school, good hearted. A little dramatic when you're injured. A little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so Dad's our chief today. Um, and then next, we have Andrew and Adam, our Boomer and Dinky, respectively. I pretty good. So I, I had to tell you all at the same time. And then following closely behind is Aaron, myself, the hopefully humble host, and I'm Squeaks, the caterpillar. <laughs> Always trying to avoid the hardships of my brothers. I can see that. Just a little bit. And then finally, we have Abby, the youngest and the only girl. And she's Widow Tweed today, actually, because she has such a big heart for animals. Sure. (laughs) The old lady. Oh, got you. I was expecting Big Mama. (laughs) I almost made you Big Mama, but I don't know. I just felt like Widow Tweed was a little bit more you. I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. He's saying you're going to end up alone in life. No! But He's with a not fox. wrong. But with a fox. No. Okay, so anyway. eventually ended up with a hunter. Did, did, did she? Did she was just helping no, take think care think of him. So. She was taking care of him. There was something there. It was a neighborly thing. <laughs> it was That must be something, man. That wasn't very far. Right. She also did threaten him with a gun after he threatened her with a gun. So yeah. that was so now that love in the air, man. I've been introduced thoroughly to the four of us and our father. We can jump into this 24th movie. Can y'all believe we're already at 24? We're almost halfway to 50. That's wild. Can't believe we're at almost 50. I know. Not quite, Dad. Trying but to be chief. Good try, good try, good try. Um, so, I guess I'll go ahead and jump in with some fun facts and snazzy stats for you guys. And yeah. this is why I said buckle up. Because yeah. it get comfy. We're going to be here a while. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, fun facts and snazzy stats away, shall we? Yes. We shall. Okay. So, The Fox and the Hound was released on July 10th, 1981. So, this is actually four years after The Rescuers came Oh, wow. Out. That's actually wow. Um, I was a junior in high school. So dad's old. <laughs> wow. We were all thinking it. You just didn't have to say it. It's my job as the host. That's true. That's true. Um, this movie is 83 minutes. So this is the longest movie we've seen in a while. A lot of the movies have been uh, just like a little over like, an hour yeah. lately. Um, and I think I mentioned this a second ago, but this is the 24th movie. Yes, I did mention yes, it. Yes, you did because we're almost a fitty baby. Almost a halfway to 50. Almost, almost a halfway to 50 baby. There you go. Yeah. Um, it was a joke and you couldn't even remember it. The budget was $12 million, which is higher than what we've seen for a while. Mm-hmm. And the box office in the initial theatrical release was $40 million, so it definitely did well. Wow. It, it yeah. over-tripled, so it was a success. And wow. then it was only re-released one time because uh, we're getting close to the uh, VHS era where mm-hmm. instead of re-releasing, they would just get home video releases. Mm-hmm. And so, between the initial release and the re-release, it has a lifetime gross estimate of sixty-three and a half million. So it's definitely done pretty good. Yeah, I'd say. 
Um, and then The Fox and the Hound is based on a book, The Fox and the Hound, mm-hmm. by Daniel P. Mannix. That was a twist. Right, I know. <laughs> Literally would have never guessed that. So, um, And then now we get into the history of the Disney company, because there's a lot going down, you guys. Okay. I, honestly, right. like, oh, is there some tea? Yes. Like <laughs> I, I honestly don't even really know where to start. Start. So we're going to start beginning. with directors. <laughs> a very good place to start. We're going to start with the directors. Um, the first director is Art Stevens, who was a director on The Rescuers. We talked okay. about him last week. Mm-hmm. Um, these were the only two movies he directed. Okay. So this is the last time we'll see him, but he was young from what I read. Um, and then another director was Ted Berman, who worked for the Disney company for 40 years. So he ended up coming in to be a director. And I believe he actually filled in for Wolfgang Reitherman because Wolfgang Reitherman... He's a producer on this movie, but he did not direct it. And that is I, saw, of, I saw him in the producer. That is because of the drama. So, um, oh, I have one more director. Sorry, I missed that. Our last director is Richard Rich. I'm not kidding you. Richard <laughs> Rich. Uh, and he left in 86. He left the company in 86 to start the Rich Animation Studios, which then was renamed later to Rich Richcrest, which housed mostly the Swan Princess saga of movies. There's like 16 of them. And then they also did the Alpha and Omega movies. Oh my gosh. The, the dogs. Oh. Huh. The wolves. The, shut up. Those are <laughs> exactly. movies. So, exactly. Um, but our producer, Wolfgang Reitherman, he's a producer and not a director because of our other producer, Ron Miller. Ron Miller married Walt Disney's oldest daughter, Diane Disney. Okay. And so, after Walt died, Ron Miller became the CEO and president of Disney from 1980 to 1984. And a lot of people, namely Wolfgang Reitherman, did not like him. Mm. Ron made lots of changes to the movie that Wolfgang was very opposed to. And so, if I remember reading it correctly, Ron ended up... um, Replacing Wolfgang with one of the with Art Stevens because he was younger, and so he would be more willing to follow Ron's direction. Mm-hmm. And um, not our boy Wolf, 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 Wolfgang. You got there. Wolfgang <laughs> left after this movie. He produced this movie, and this is the last one Wolfgang was a part of. Really, he was the director and producer stars. for eight movies in a row. Wow. Starting all the way back in 101 Dalmatians. Wow. Eight movies in a row he directed, and then after this, he left, and he only died a couple years after this. So, Wolfgang Reitherman. So, if I haven't said already, this whole episode is basically just a hashtag sad news bear stories episode. (laughs) Just preparing y'all, and this is the beginnings of it, is we have to say goodbye to Wolfgang, (laughs) and he's been an integral part to the movies for decades at this point. Yeah. After Walt died. Uh, and a big part of that was because of Ron Miller. One of the things that Ron changed was Chief was supposed to die at the end. Spoiler. I assume. He was supposed to be dead, and Wolfgang fought for that because that's how the book was written, I believe, and it was much more impactful, and that's why Copper had to make the decision to go after Todd. That's why yeah, you'll so pay for this. That's the thing. When I watched it, I thought he did die. And then Last, he didn't, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Towards the end of production, Ron changed that, yeah. so they just had to reanimate it where his eyes opened and closed some to let people know that. Well, then they also have the whole scene with him in the... in the Yeah, so then they started adding him towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wolfgang, Wolfgang did not like that at all. And so actually, some of the animators pushed so hard for Chief to die because it was supposed to be integral to the story. That's but, a huge emotional... Yeah. But Ron yeah. changed Seriously. that. Um, and I don't know if that is what caused it, but at some point... 
in the production of this. Don Bluth, who we talked about last time, of Don Bluth Studios, and two other animators proceeded to walk into Ron Miller's office and turned in their resignation yep. and left, followed by 13 more animators left the company. Wow. Oh my Ron gosh. Miller is taking down Disney! So not only did Wolfgang Reitherman end his time with the company, 13 animators left, and... This is the last movie any of the nine old men touched. Because Wolfgang left, and Frank what? Thomas and Ollie Johnston... Wolfgang was one of the nine old men, He was one of the nine old men. And one of them had already passed. Yes. Uh, John Lounsbury had a heart attack in the production of the previous movie mm-hmm. that we talked about. Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston helped with this movie. They animated some of it, and they were a part of the ending Not of training of training all of the new animators that I talked about that they were bringing in over the cup, over the course of a couple years they brought in 25 animators the only name i could remember from the last episode was glenn Keane, but i remembered a couple more two of which i'm sure adam and andrew know john musker and, and ron, clemens, ron clemens musker who, and clemens who will go on to direct a lot of the renaissance movies some mm-hmm. of the, some of disney's best movies were directed, were directed by, by musker, and musker and, and if i remember correctly treasure planet was their baby it was it was that's the one it they was. pushed so hard oh and they, they, they make they make like an appearance they make like cameos a in all the movies they direct isn't it? yeah in, in the um, so they were two of the animators that were brought on as well okay. as another big name is art babbitt he was a really big animator of the time he's still working for the company i think so some good um, came out of it so there oh, was yeah a, i mean a lot that of, was frank and ollie bringing them in and yeah, then they so lost frank and ollie, half of what they brought in i believe frank movie. and ollie left towards the end of production but they did end up leaving the studio after this movie because they retired so frank and ollie have gone and i don't is, like disney anymore that is the, <laughs> that is the last of the nine old men so that book has officially closed oh that's oh, sad man. so when i say a new era of disney has begun i mean it we this, have all new animators it that ended are and begun wonderful the because the they so is this the beginning of the disney dark ages no the dark ages was after walt died this is okay. the, the this, aristocats this is, was the first official okay, dark ages. okay this is coming towards the end of the dark okay. ages the dark ages are defined as from when walt died to the company finally reinventing themselves at the renaissance gotcha. and coming back out of it at the little mermaid right mm, um so right. disney is the company has officially begun this rebirth i mean we have completely new animators who are all wonderful and end up bringing about some of the best movies the company will ever see but we see the loss of all of the original animators. The company and leadership is all thrown off because of Ron Miller. And this is right before you get to the CEO, like Michael Eisner, and all the people where they start partnering with Pixar and all sorts of political agendas that happen amongst the leadership of the company. Mm-hmm. So the company is really, really changing. Um, and it is exciting in some ways to know that we're close to the renaissance and to the some of the greatest movies of all time but it's sad because i feel like we've all gotten kind of emotionally connected to a lot of the people in disney's history through this podcast so it's very bittersweet um and so that's our directors and our producers art steven also produced he directed and produced because he was under direct supervision of ron miller Mm -hmm. ron miller put him in those places because he was young and willing to listen Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, music was done by Buddy Baker, who did the music for Winnie the Pooh. So ah! he was the one that had his name in a window in Magic Kingdom that we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he came back for this movie, and I think he also does the movie, the music for a couple other movies in the Dark Ages. Okay, I'm not positive, okay. but and then there's a couple songs. Um, three of them: "Best of Friends," "Lack of Education," and "Appreciate the Lady" were all sung by Pearl Bailey, who is the voice of Big Mama. We'll talk about her in a second. Fantastic. Goodbye. Uh, I mean, A Hunting Man was sung by Jack Albertson, who was the voice of Amos Slade. We'll talk about him in a second. 
And then Goodbye May Seem Forever was spoken by Jeanette Nolan, who we'll talk about as the voice of Widow Tweed, and then the, a chorus that was put together. Mm-hmm. So all the songs were sung by voice actors. There was nobody that came in to sing a background song. And then each of the songs, there were three different lyricists that worked on some of the songs. You have Stan Fidel, Jim Stafford, and Jeffrey Patch. And I couldn't find anything on any of them, but they all did the songs and this. Um, and so now we can start talking about the cast. And we do still have lots of hashtag sad news. Oh, we're not stories. done. I oh, buckled no. up. I told you to buckle up. We're not done. The, uh, the seatbelt light has not gone off. <laughs> no, <laughs> not. You still have to, you can't walk around yet. You may we're not, not move about the cabin. No. <laughs> so we're going to start with our two main characters. So first we have Todd, young Todd was voiced by Keith Mitchell, and he was the only thing that I personally recognized. He was in a good bit of stuff throughout his life so far, but the, what I recognized was he was in uh, The Adventures of Babysitting, and then he was also in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which was a big kid's movie from okay. that time period, from the 80s. <laughs> um, and then Adult Todd was voiced by Mickey Rooney. And Mickey Rooney... If you don't know who Mickey Rooney is, I mean, I guess that's fine, because he was extremely well-known for decades and decades. People? He was one of the last people alive from the silent film era. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew Mickey Rooney from, I didn't even know he was in this. Like I didn't Him either. and then the voice of Adult Copper, that threw me off. Oh, I didn't I know, realize I know, who that was, and I'm so excited about that. The only reason I've ever even heard of Mickey Rooney is an old Donald Duck cartoon where he's try- like trying to get an autograph from Mickey Rooney because he's like an autograph hound, <laughs> and Mickey Rooney just keeps doing like all kind of pranks and stuff on him to get him away or whatever. Yes. He just gets more and more mad. So that That's actually the only makes sense. Mickey Rooney was in a series of sixteen films called the Andy Hardy films. They were all about a kid named Andy Hardy who Mickey Rooney played. Yep. Uh, and Mickey Rooney had an eighty-eight year career. He also voiced... He was born in 1920 and didn't die till 2014. Wow. Wow. He also voiced um, on some of the Christmas movies. I think he was like Santa Claus on the, uh, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think... I, really? No, he was, he was Santa Claus in, in the Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Chris Kringle. Right. That's, that's right. Actually, oh, Père wow. Noel, if you want to be yeah. really specific. Yeah. But he was at... Abby, what? this one's for you. He was Mr. Cherrywood in the Care Bears movie. The guy that the the man at the like the owner of the orphanage in the Care Bears movie. Oh, it's been so long. I know since I have watched um, that. Let's see what else. he was. One of the three old men in Night at the Museum. He was the That's short right. yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he was Gus. yes, he was Gus. That's me. You right. told me about that over the phone, didn't you? I, yeah. I think I, okay. think I may have. I think wasn't Dick Van Dyke one yeah. of the other yes. old men mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and that was actually he was Bert and Mary Poppins. One of one of the last movies that Mickey Rooney was ever in was the second Night at the Museum. And then the third one was released after he had died, but he had done, like, a scene for it or something. There was one scene they were in, so it was released posthumously. But Okay. Um, okay. So cool. he had movies released with him in it as late as, what was that, like 2018, 2019? So. Uh, 2014 or 15? 14 was the f- when he died, so it would have been, pr- yeah. Like 15, because I remember 15, that probably. movie came out right around when Robin Williams passed. Yeah. Oh. That was a big deal because yeah. it was coming out like oh, yeah, right after right. he had passed away too. And I remember being in my uh, college cafeteria when I heard about that. Mm. So that puts that, that right sense, around yeah. that, uh, that time. Um, so that is Todd, young and old. 
And then next we move to Copper, our mm-hmm. other protagonist. Young Copper was voiced by Corey Feldman, who that name sounds so familiar he was, to me. He was in the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. He was in the Lost Boys. He was in the Gremlins. He was in the mm-hmm. Goonies. Gremlins, Goonies. No, he, he was, was in the Goonies. He was Donatello in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes, 3. Yes, yes. And <laughs> that terrible some, Ninja Turtles some, movie. There's some... The typical child actor tragedy stuff that go has gone on in Corey really? Feldman's life with drug abuse and things like that. I'm, it's my understanding mm. that he's he's had some things, but as you hear of so this, many child actors, you know, keeps going. Yeah, but so. he was also in the twenty early twenty tens Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show as Slash. I think is what I read. Oh, the, a, the the Nickelodeon one where uh-huh. it was like the, CG? Yeah, the Nickelodeon okay. one that ran for a couple of years. Sean Astin is I think he was yeah. also in the movie The Burbs with Tom Tom Hanks. I think I read that one, yeah. So yeah. Corey Feldman was a, was a big actor for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then adult copper, Kurt Russell! Kurt Russell! I saw that in the credits and I'm like, that I'm, there must be another guy named that. That can't be. And I heard it and I'm like, oh, oh, no, oh, oh no. no. Have you gotten to Guardians oh, yeah. of the Galaxy 2, Abby, in your journey? Uh, I have seen it once. Do you remember Ego the Living Planet? His dad. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, him? That's Kurt Russell. He was also the dad from Sky High. He's also in Miracle. He's the coach, he's the hockey one, coach for yes, the U.S. Men's for the Hockey the United team. States Men's He was uh, Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. He was Elvis in Forrest Gump. Yes. Oh, that's, he, he was? All of the Elvis songs that are sung, he's the one that did them. No way! Uh-huh. Also, Kurt Russell's huge. Kurt he's Russell. great. He's a Disney uh, legend. And Overboard. He Overboard. Was I was Overboard. talking about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell is a Disney legend. Hey! I think I, I want to say this is probably the biggest... He actually got Disney legend in 98. So it was He was also Marvel. in a movie wow. not too terribly long ago where he is Santa Claus and... The Gold, Christmas Chronicle. The Christmas Chronicle. Yeah. He's Santa Claus and Goldie Hawn. And the Christmas Chronicle too. Mrs. Claus. Because they're together. They've been together for years. They're common law. Right now, because they've been together for so so many years, mm-hmm. and she was an overboard with him too. Okay, okay. yeah, but so yeah, no, that's, I, I that's like adult like copper. When I the... saw Mickey Rooney and then Kurt Russell in the uh, credits, I didn't know either of them were in this, so I was way thrown off. This <laughs> I know, right. it's not my like, Kurt Russell. Kurt wait a minute, has had a long career. I saw, in yeah, Ego the Living Planet's a dog. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, there's no way that's the same Kurt Russell. He wouldn't have been. I was thinking it was for young copper. And I was like, he was not a child yet. And then I saw the young copper. I'm like, oh, wait, how old is he? I looked up. He's like in his 70s now. As a a teenage, you know, kid. He was in a ton of live action. He was in a lot of live action Disney movies. He was in actually the computer who wore tennis tennis shoes. The strongest man in the world. I mentioned both of those in the last Uh episode. A lot of the cast of this movie were in those live action Disney movies of that time. Yeah. Like those two that we mentioned. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, So those are our two protagonists. Uh, and then next, we move on to all of our fun side characters, starting with Big Mama. Big Mama. Big Mama. Who is voiced by Pearl Bailey. Pearl Bailey. Bailey. Famous, per- famous, famous. Famous singer. And she was the first African-American to receive the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. That is correct. That is awesome. Oh, wow. Go so Big Mama. She, yes, Pearl Bailey was a, a, a very big name in African-American music world. And she, right. she did so good. She has a wonderful voice. Oh, beautiful oh voice. Beautiful, beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. She played the character so well. I've she always understood loved the Big assignment. Mama. I didn't love her delivery. Oh, I, I'm real sorry. I was gonna get into this later, but like, I I love the character. I love like the, she sounds great singing, but it's like a lot of times it feels more like she's just reading the script instead well, of. She acting. was famous for singing blues. Yeah, and again, she was I a think, singer more than an actress. Uh, exactly, and I think uh, this is no hate to the actress whatsoever. I just 
don't think her performance is the greatest. Lack That's of the education. I didn't like Bernard's performance in the la- Rescuers in the last one. Yeah. So, and that was a big name, guys. Hmm? He said, like, never mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Lack of education. Elimination. Uh, flipped. They yeah. just don't want to be like, elimination. Like it was lack, lack of, of education. education. They said it both ways. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> next we're going to move on. Uh, we have Amos Slade, who I mentioned a few minutes ago was voiced by Jack Albertson. He was best known as Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. So as my coworker says, thinking. as my coworker says, this this voice actor, this man, the biggest m- nuisance to the world. <laughs> yeah. Amos Slade and Grandpa Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then actually, Jack Albertson died later that year in 1981. So oh. more sad news bears. He was uh. he was in several other things as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, Next, we have Vixie, the female fox. She was voiced by Sandy, Sandy Duncan. Duncan. Who, she was a very big-name theater actress. She did a lot she of stage performances. She was Peter Pan on Broadway. On Broadway. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She was. She was. She helped revolu- bring back Peter Pan into Broadway. So. Oh, that's cool. And then cool. she had a television show had, called The Sandy Duncan she Show. She was on a bunch of point. shows like The Muppet Show and The Dick Van Dyke Show as a she, special she, guest. Yeah, she was stuff. one of those that was guest stars on all, all lots over. of different... Because she was oh, so, so well-known cool. in theater. She did, yeah. she, like, her filmography was mostly theater shows that she was in, yeah. Broadway shows and stuff. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, um, she revived Peter Pan on Broadway. Yeah. That's so cool. Revived. That was the word I was trying to find. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then next we go to Widow Tweed. We talked about her last week, mm-hmm. she was she's Jeanette Nolan, who was Ellie Mae, the muskrat in mm-hmm. The Rescuers, and then her husband John McIntyre was also in the he movie was last week as Rufus, and he was Mister Digger the Badger this time. The oh, Badger. Okay. I said mole, said mole in The Rescuers because I think I read Mole somewhere, which was either that or I just was stupid. I don't know, but Mister Digger the Badger. Well, badger to, to be badger. fair, Mister Digger that sounds like the name of a mole. Yes. So. Um, so he came back as Mr. Digger. Mm-hmm. He was Rufus last time. I, I liked him better as Rufus. He was a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah, I prefer Rufus over Mr. Digger. Get I'll be real. Property. <laughs> Next, we have Andrew's favorite. We have Chief, who is voiced by Pat Butcher. Pat Butcher. Yes. Andrew. Sorry. He looked up. This is his last role. No! no! He did not look up that time. He didn't die for quite a while. Oh, but, but this, he, he this retired. Is his, okay. This is his last role with Disney. Okay. However. He does make a cameo in a non-Walt Disney Animation Studios film later as the uh, Possum Park MC I thought that was movie. him! No! Well, thanks for coming. That was released posthumously. That, that came out right after he died, but that is the last thing he did was the MC for... The Possum Party, so... Possum Park. Possum Park, that's what I'm... Possum Park Party. But that... This is the last time we will see him in this main series of the podcast, Mm. unfortunately. Mm. You, You... You... You did your job from, well, sir. Did you talk about him being in Green Acres? Yes, yes. I mentioned that a couple episodes ago. So, farewell to Pat Buttram. He did us wonderfully. He was well. We a salute to you, sir. He was well-loved. Along with he was you are now in the Legends, and sir. And Sterling Holloway. And Sterling Holloway. I forgot Sterling Holloway. Yes. Distracted Legends. Yes. <laughs> our favorite. We need to have our Hall of Fame. <laughs> Phil Harris in there as well. Invalid. Oh, yeah. Invalid. <laughs> I he said invalid instead of invalids. We got visitors for the end. Invalid. <laughs> oh, you gotta get a busted leg. This is what? the way to do it. If there was a last character to go out on for him, Chief's not that bad. Chief, no. Yeah, Chief's like not bad. Chief. It could have been worse. He could have been going out as Luke I will or say, though, when, when, when it was coming up, like uh, when we were first watching the movie and uh, got to Chief and he was about to start talking and she was like, 
Is he going to sound like every other Disney dog? And then it's Pat Buttram. She's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Aristocats. He yep. was Napoleon. That would be a yes. Hey, I'm convinced if there was a dog to talk, that is how it would sound. <laughs> um, and then next we have, once again, refueling John... I don't know what words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> once again, we have returning John Fielder, who was Piglet. He was the porcupine. Yep. Porcupine. Yeah. Uh, easy, easy. Yeah, that was so really easy. Because of all the stuff going down with also, the sorry, Disney corporate, with all of the production directing issues going on back and forth, they didn't do castings, voice castings, until later on into production. So they had to bring in... They decided to pull a lot of those Disney mainstays like Pat Buttram and John Fielder, mm-hmm. um, as well as like Jeanette Nolan and John McIntyre, who had been there previously for The Rescuers. Mm-hmm. And Tigger for and, Boomer. And Tigger for Boomer. They had yeah. to bring back a lot of mainstays because they needed quick people, people that could do it quickly, that were already there doing stuff. At one point, he d- just straight up does the Tigger laugh. <laughs> yeah, And he Angela did. goes, he's not even trying to hide that he's Tigger. <laughs> I was like, I mean, <laughs> yes. it's a silly character. That does bring us to the next one, which is Boomer, who was Paul Winchell, who voiced Tigger. I Good old Boomer the Woodpecker. I think Boomer was probably the second most well-known role that he did in my heart. <laughs> like, I knew him as Tigger and Boomer. I didn't know him as much as like I forgot on the Siamese cat. I forgot he was Boomer until I heard the voice and then watching. I was like, "Oh yeah, of yeah. course it's him. Who and else would it be?" Dinky is voiced by, forgive me, I don't know how to say this name. He was from Poland, maybe Dick Bakalian, B A K A L Y A N, Bakalian. I'm not sure. He was in a couple of those live-action Disney movies that Dad mentioned earlier. The Computer War Tennis Shoes, Strongest Man on, on Earth, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the only thing he did for Disney animation, was Dinky. And then, uh, finally, we have Squeaks, who was cast by himself. What? It said, I saw it said that. in the voice cast, Squeaks as himself. I'm wondering if there was like a caterpillar around the office. That, that they, they, I don't know. I couldn't find anything on it. It was so weird. Yeah, I made those screams. I could tell. <laughs> so it's very odd. Um, and that might just be all of the sad stuff. I think that's all uh, of our sad stuff. Okay. Until we get to the plot. Okay. Yeah. But that's all the sad history. So now I can get into a couple fun facts, facts to raise our spirits just a smidge. Um. Chief was supposed to die. <laughs> we just, we just told you. <laughs> um, so there, there was actually a straight-to-video sequel called The Fox and the Hound 2 that came out mm-hmm. December 12th of 2006. It's one of those that we probably pretend doesn't exist. It's, Correct! It, yes, it was a mid-flopped. Just like Bambi 2. It happens right and, in the middle of the like movie Tarzan when kids. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of those mid-quels. And it flopped. But it does exist. And that means we may end up covering it someday. <sighs> I mean, if it's Disney, you never know. But... Um, and actually, that bl- brings us into park representation, and there has been nothing until the year 2022. The Flower and Garden Festival in Epcot. We've talked about it many times. They do topiaries of Disney characters, young and old. Every year, right? Every year. It's four months long. There's all sorts of flowers and beautiful stuff all oh, over. Oh, it's gorgeous. There's never been a topiary of anything from Fox and the Hound. There's never been anything Fox and the Hound. However, last year in 2022, for the 50th anniversary, no, if you look at the topiaries of the Seven Dwarfs, on Sneezy's nose is Squeaks the Caterpillar. 
I saw a picture of it myself. That's it was real. The one thing they but decided to pull in from Fox the and the Hound is the caterpillar. Other than merch, because there, by the way, has been tons of Fox and the Hound merch. Oh, I've especially seen tons like, of pins and shirts. Oh yeah, and especially of, of the log scene where they're where he's yes. looking down, mm-hmm. and he's looking up. Young yeah. Copper and Todd are very marketable. So there's tons of merch, but other than that. The only thing in the parks was squeaks on Sneezy's nose in the Flower and Garden Festival. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't even have a voice actor listed. Himself, duh. So you never heard of Squeaks the Caterpillar, the most famous caterpillar in the world? He was on Sneezy's nose, Abby. Come on, <laughs> come on, Abby. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that is that is all of our fun facts and snazzy stats. A lot to take in. A lot of interesting history that happens there but there you have it um so now we're gonna jump into nostalgia of fox and the hound we're just gonna skip over tall tales of traverse town because it's it's, uh, we have even less than disney park we don't even get squeaks no (laughs) it's not anywhere nothing continuing for the last same as the rest and same that we'll see for the next like four movies yeah they don't like the dark age no um so we'll jump ahead to nostalgia. As we mentioned earlier, I think someone, I think Andrew may have mentioned it. We did have this one. We owned Fox and the Hound on VHS, mm-hmm. and I feel like I remember us watching this a fair amount as a kid. Like I remember watching it some, mm-hmm. but after watching it, now, I know I've watched it more than once. I don't, like I've watched I don't it know why we would have wanted to watch it as a kid. No, <laughs> no. Like it's See, so sad. I can't handle it. That's why I never did. When I started watching it, well. First of all, before I watched it, I don't remember watching this much as a kid. Like, I remembered seeing it at least, like, one or two times. But so many scenes were so familiar. I like, feel like so I watched it a lot as a kid. familiar to me. Like, the, the beginning when the dogs are barking and Todd's mom is running with him in his mouth. The bear um, the scene part, is so familiar See, to that, me. that's less familiar, but when Big Mama finds Todd, um, mm. the scene where she's dropping him off. The, the um, scene where Squeaks gets into the house during winter. And for some reason, the scene with... Um, I almost said Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Amos. Amos tell me the Slade, difference. when like him with the bear trap, like there, so many parts were just so familiar. Like I could remember I, the I exact way they say things. I'm just like that. What I feel I like this? this is one that maybe we watched because it's what mom and dad put on for us when we were younger. Yeah, sure. Something like, like you remember because you were sick of watching I, Robin Hood. I don't. I, I don't remember us. I, I mean, you know, it being one of the in the main rotation. Yeah, but I do remember, like you were saying, Andrew, that it might be where we just said, "I need a break from Robin Hood." Please put something else. Grabs a random one off the shelf and Mm -hmm. puts it in. Right. I remember for some reason the uh, power line scene where he gets in the uh, that too, (laughs) and then that's burned into my brain. I have no idea why. He starts blinking as he crawls across the floor. How does he do that? How does he do that? Well, for you three siblings, do y'all have any other memories associated with the Fox and the Hound other than potentially watching it some? I don't think any of these songs were on a sing-along. No. Mm-mm. So, I don't uh, think None of these so. were on any of the sing-alongs that we wa- uh, owned anyway. No. Uh-uh. Um, it's just, I know I've watched it a bit as a kid, you know, growing up. I didn't watch it nearly as much as others, like Lion King, Robin Hood, stuff like that. But yeah. I, I know I watched it a bit. Uh, as a kid, that's all I got for <laughs> nostalgia. That makes sense. Dad, do you have any memories of the Fox and the Hound other than your children being well, traumatized emotionally? Like I said, I was in high school when it came out. and so Too cool for Disney. I, well, yeah, but I'm sure I saw it. You know, I, I don't remember going to see it in theaters, but I know I did. Because I remembered it when we ended up getting it for y'all. 
uh, on VHS. Um, so, I mean, I, I remembered things about it, but it, it didn't leave a lasting impression on me by yeah. any means. Mm-hmm. No. Well, for you young people, if you don't know what a VHS is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you don't Ask know what a VHS is, Google it. You're too young to be listening <laughs> to But I do podcast. remember that... <laughs> I, I do remember that Kurt Douglas, uh, Kurt Douglas, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Oh man, that Sorry. Kurt Douglas. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Russell was very popular at, at the time. At with that live time, movies, yeah. I mean, he's uh, had a great and career. Pearl Bailey mm-hmm. was very famous at the time, and so those were you know big people big selling points. that were selling points. So you go, oh, I want to go see that if Kurt Russell's in like it. Like Robin Pearl Williams, Bailey, you, you yes, 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 yes. Or like with Onward, with it having Chris Pratt and Tom Hanks, correct. Yeah. And so um, oh, that would yeah. be why a lot of us went and saw it would be because we like those, yeah, you know, that actors. Makes sense. So. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not the most memorable movie by any means, but we can go ahead and start talking about first impressions and our opinions mm-hmm. now. Now that we have revisited it as adults, I'm going to do a random order. Let's start with Abby. I don't think I ever start with Abby. You don't. Go for it, Abs. Um, it was, I thought it was a good movie. I Nothing really else to be said. It certain parts were um, did not meet my expectations, and certain parts did. It was just, I mean, it was sad. It was, it was a sad movie. But I did think that the story was very good. Like I liked how it was um, driven along, and I liked the, um, you know, it had some dark moments and it had some like, like high intense moments too. And I, it was very much more entertaining than on the previous one, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Cool. Well, mostly. <laughs> hey, Andrew? I enjoy this movie. Um, it, they're, they're, it's very sad, so I don't tend to want to go back to watch it very often. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not a bad movie. I think it is it, it well written. Um, I think the story is, is very, very well done. Um, I, I do wish that uh, the, the chief, like, not dying, I feel like it would have had a lot better impact and would have been a lot more... It would have, um, it would have made the, it, the it, ups and downs of Copper and Todd's friendship a lot more severe. It, it would. It would have, it would have helped that a lot mm-hmm. and made it make a, a quite a bit more sense. Yeah. It, still, it still worked, but I think leaving Chief's death in probably would have helped a it, bit more. It would have really cemented uh, Copper's... Feelings and his kind of hatred toward Todd for a bit. Instead of, I'm, like, I'm okay with killing my friend just because just he because got his, he, he, his his ankle kind of rolled bad. It was oh <laughs> man, it was something. He was yeah. something fierce. <laughs> but no, I don't know why he's <laughs> from Minnesota all of a sudden. Um, but I, I otherwise I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's not it's one of the best Disney movies, but it's by far not like the worst. This is this is a this is a very good. Most definitely. Uh, D- Disney movie. It's one of the better ones in the Dark Ages, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Adam? Um, it's not Robin Hood. But. I, I liked it. Overall, I liked Great. it. I think I didn't get as emotional at a lot of the parts as I thought I was going to. Like, the one or two parts, absolutely, they got me. Uh, lo- I, we've already talked about the chief part. I don't need... That, that's, that is what it is. There is a couple of things that are real pace killers that I think are completely unnecessary that I, I'm like, I usually don't have a problem because I'm like, all right, cool, you're here, it's fine. But I'm like, it was, it really bothered me and I don't know why. So I'll get into that when we get yeah, to I'm, it. I'm very curious. I am now. too. But, um, yeah, no, 
overall, good. Dad? It's a good story. I like the story of the fox and the hound. Um, and I would agree with what Andrew said about the uh, the chief thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is it coming? I want to make it clear the seatbelt light has not gone off. <laughs> I will say it is not as bad slanted toward the indiscriminate killing all hunters do as Bambi was. No, I don't think okay? so. Um, you do, at the end, see a more human side of, of Amos. He kind of clicks with him, you know. So, uh, but there's still a little bit of that, you know, that hunters just kill everything they can. Yeah. And, and Adam and I were talking about this, actually. He was prepared for it to be an Aunt Sarah. Because for a lot of the movie, Amos isn't doing anything particularly crazy or no, evil. And no. in his defense, he did say, I'm going to get that fox if it comes back. There's a property. moment mm-hmm. that happens that I know you all know what I'm talking about, that he officially just crosses the line yes. with yeah, villainy. Yes, yes. And that's yes. when I'm like, no, he's he's just being a villain at this point. But for right. the most part, I wouldn't even say he's an indiscriminate right. killer. He's, and just, I he's literally he, just a hunter. He's, he's just, just a hunter, and he's raising... And the fox he's keeps te- messing he's things up. Yeah. And Todd just look- keeps doing stuff. He's a fox. He's a fox. <laughs> and so, but anyway. Um, and I, I, I think it would have almost been, like, his his evil act would have been more almost understandable had Chief actually died. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Because right. then I'm like, still doing wrong, but I get See, where you're and coming so, from. Yeah. That they makes you wonder. Let, and that awful. makes you wonder about what the movie was supposed to be. What it was supposed to be. Before if, all if, the crap happened with the producers right, and stuff. Like, right. What would the movie have been like? like? It, uh, Unless it, it was it's already a, a fairly dark if movie. Wolfgang like, it had gets pretty stayed dark. I'm curious directed, to see how much darker it might have gotten. If Wolfgang like, had stayed and directed, I would have been very curious to see because all the movies, almost every movie that Wolfgang Reitherman was a director of were fabulous. There was oh, a couple yeah. like The Sword in the Stone that or The Rescuers that didn't hit well, but most of them were wonderful. To be fair, The Sword in the Stone was like his second one and Walt was still a- alive for production of, or at least a good bit of production for yes. 101 Dalmatians. Yes. And so he and was able to take the over from there. And Sword in the Stone, yeah. And then that he was didn't just... die until Jungle Book. So. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. Sorry, Dad. Keep to going. finish my first impression. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um. As far as Disney movies go in my lifetime, definitely not the best, but by far not the worst. That is true. It's kind of a middle of the road to me, uh, Disney movie, and I'm, we'll get in. I'll get into more obviously as we go around. Um, I would have to agree with Adam. There were some some things that um, bothered me a little bit, and um, I think there were. <laughs> to me, the widow, what's her name? Tweed. What a Tweed character was um, over exaggerated. Yeah, I could kind of see in that. In places, she bit. was, uh, it was just too exaggerated to me about some things. But anyway, first impression's not a bad movie. Yeah, I think I'd agree with what all of you said. It's pretty middle of the line. Um, not really a terrible movie, not a great movie. There were parts that I was incredibly bored at and parts that I was extremely entertained. If they um, made like slight adjustments to the movie, it would have been so much better. I agree. You know, like Cuz it made me really emotional. Unlike Adam, I wear my emotions on my sleeves. <laughs> I cried a lot. 
I didn't cry, but I welled up. Like I was very emotional. Oh, I cr- there were definitely multiple tears going down my cheeks. I almost cried, but I was watching this with my friend Parker. Parker, if you're listening, hey. Um, and <laughs> he told me that I couldn't cry. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was just messing with me. But like it got me feeling emotional at parts, and I enjoyed the intensity of the climax of the movie. Like Abby mentioned, there were like actual stakes with the bear and with the bear traps and stuff. Like there were intense moments, and I enjoyed that. But there was also a lot of just filler. A lot of fluff that felt too boring and was like, I don't, you know, I don't really need this. I, I would rather the plot be moving forward. So definitely has some issues, but as all of you have said, by far not the worst movie we've covered. <laughs> um, so now that we've all started to give our opinions just a smidge, we can walk through the plot. I think I haven't missed anything yet. So. No, that seems about right. Okay, cool. And we'll make cool, fun of you cool. otherwise. Wonderful. <laughs> so, we begin. I will go ahead and give my opinion on these credits. Oh, yes, um, credit critic. Adam, start us off. I, Abby volunteers. I want to hear hers first. I thought, first of all, that it was very cool that they had it almost silent with just the sounds of just the forest the and stuff because I'm going to tell you, tension built right there with those credits and then you start hearing like and then the dogs or, like, the dogs chasing and, and, like, the fox the yeah. music was like almost eerie and I, just, I thought that was very cool like the, the credits themselves I didn't pay attention to but the scenes that the credits took place in I thought was really cool build up to, to that <laughs> I think uh, the beginning part where it was kind of building up where there was kind of nothing happening outside of just crickets chirping and birds calling. And the breeze blowing. And the breeze blowing. I think that lasted a little too long. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I agree. I think you should have been hearing dogs uh, barking a little bit a from little the first five seconds. And that way, like, it didn't have to be, like, immediately going into it, but, like, you kind of it gets seated in. Like, oh, there's dogs. Bark oh. here and there until yeah. it becomes more consistent. Until, yeah, you and realize, oh, like, something's running. going on. And then yeah. it starts kicking up a notch. That would it was a, a great yeah. concept. It just, there are a couple things that could have been done a little better. And but the concept from, of building up tension worked really well. Yes, it worked. But I thought from the beginning of the silence, like you're talking about, until we see... Todd's mother was painfully long. Agreed. That is that. Is, yeah. that my thoughts um, exactly. I, it was like it was like, and I've seen it before, so I knew. Long. But but I got the feeling. Okay, I know you're setting this mood for this whole movie, but let's get on with it. Yeah. Well, there is mood setting, and there's also wasting my time. Right. <laughs> That's why I said a great concept, but it could have been done better. Yeah. They could have shortened it. They could have seated in the dog barking a little bit. Sooner, right. mm-hmm. but right. overall, the concept of the credits is a lot better than the rescue. I was saying, I think oh, I'll yeah. put this above rescue. Like, I like the canvas still paintings of the bottles journeying on the rescuers, but this was better to me because this mm-hmm. gets you started for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I do like to hear you know, you hear the crows every once in a while and you hear the breeze blowing and animals, but then you know, I need to hear a dog, yeah, I, I, I need to hear I need, a little bit more, yeah, the more I, I need, I just need more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fear not. We're honestly not that far from not having beginning credits anymore, Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then credits will become very boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, always. Well, depending on the music in the background. Uh, then but. my life gets boring because, as the host, I have to watch till the very end of the credits. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, woo! To make sure I don't miss any songs be, or any. That is one title that will be hung up on the on the wall. <laughs> credit, credit, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the credits happen, and you see a fox, who we very quickly learn is Todd's mother. She's being chased by dogs and is trying very hard to get away, to not be eaten. And she comes upon a farm, and she hides Todd in some tall grass up against one of the uh, fence pickets, fence posts. There you go. That's the word. And she keeps running <laughs> to try to get the dogs away from her baby. And then you hear a gunshot. And then you hear a gunshot in the distance. It's Bambi all over again. 
So we start the movie with a death. Death, 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 death. Um, but luckily, who happens to be right there in a tree? Big, Big Mama. Mama and Dinky and Boomer are not far, trying to get Squeaks the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And Big Mama and Dinky and Boomer come together to create a plan to help Todd. Oh, his name is Dinky. I don't know why I love that name. It's just hilarious. <laughs> so Dinky, Boomer, and Big Mama hatch a plot. They get Widow Tweed, who happens to be right there at her farm, to come outside, and they make sure to bring her through some hilarity to where Todd was, this little baby fox. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Todd is what you call a male fox. So that's pretty fun. I think that that think makes a lot that. more sense because then Vixie is is Vixen. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember reading that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it. Dad's I know a baby you, so. fox is called a kit. Yes, that's why it's not a baby. I think it's just a male fox as a talk. No, yeah, I know. I, I wasn't saying you were wrong about that. I was just saying they never say it in the movie. Widow they just Tweed say a baby named fox. named him Todd after a toddler. toddler. Yeah. But Dad's looking at dogs, up. Todds, or Raynards. Okay, I oh, thought I remembered here. Raynard. I need to look in some of my games because I feel like I've heard. A, I, I know a few <laughs> video game characters named Raynard. The young um, are cups, pups, or kids. Yes. Um, and so Widow Tweed finds Todd and takes care of him because she too is alone. And so she said, "I." She basically told him, "I know how you feel, so I'm going to help take care." She of you. skipped the uh, lonely cat lady stage and just went to exotic animals. The lonely <laughs> fox. Wait, she starts getting raccoons. Went straight to exotic animals. And she went to breaking the law and keeping a a, a wild animal Actually, as a pet. I read that Wolfgang, one of Wolfgang Reitherman's children, did have a fox as a pet for That's a couple of years, and that helped with this. Great grandfather. Your had pop? yes had a fox Supposedly. as a pet as a child. <laughs> really? Until it started eating his mother's chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he sold it to Buffalo Bills Wild West. Buffalo show. Bills Wild West show. If and you I, believe him, he well, also convinced you that they put the flags out on Flag Day for his birthday. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but my brother and I looked, and in the history of the Buffalo Bill Wild West show, in the latter years when it was waning. He went on and had more like a petting zoo and things like that. And part of the last trip that that they took went through Kentucky, and that's where my grandfather lived. Yeah. So, who knows? I believe him. Who knows? Stay anyways. on the farm. But anyway, he had a fox as a pet. But anyways, so Widow Tweed starts to take care of Todd, and then I believe next we already see Widow Tweed in the barn milking the cow. Mm-hmm. I believe she's. Says Abigail is the name. Yes, of. Abigail yep. is cow. So be happy he didn't cast you as the cow. I forgot that her name was Abigail. Otherwise, I would have made you a cow. But thanks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and Todd is playing around and ends up spilling all the milk and well, the chickens get the scared. Of chickens him. get scared of him and it scares Abigail and Widow Tweed has to get onto him and she's like, "Look at the mess you've made." And he's like, he oh, said, did I do that? <laughs> he throws a honey what mess. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but look at my eye. Yeah, that was the part of the exaggerated part, I thought, where she just, oh, but I can never be mad at you, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> just immediately will be like, ah, it's fine. I'm like, you just lost so much milk. Uh, right. Are you serious? You're a farmer. This is your livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless <laughs> later. later. 
same with later whenever Amos shoots all her milk cartons. Oh my god! I was like, that's your livelihood you just lost. Like, that, and you're more upset about the fox. Yeah, that, that, that hurt my soul a little bit. But anyways. Um, to be such a successful hunter because, you know, he came home with all those furs. He's a terrible he's a, shot. He's a terrible shot. Those dogs are doing most of the killing. <laughs> Obviously. He's just mad. He relies heavily on those bear traps. He's maiming <laughs> the animals just enough where the dogs can go in and finish Well, the apparently dog. he can't even do that because he never hit Todd. <laughs> That being said, all milk cartons around the world need to be worried. That is, <laughs> that is scared. Right. Fear the milkman. <laughs> oh man! Some say good. he delivers, others say he kills. <laughs> that is hilarious. So I believe when we tweet, broke dad. <laughs> he said, "Where did I go wrong?" <laughs> we are your children. Oh, yes, yes, you are. Oh, I've been needing a banger lately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm out for the rest of the episode. Y'all have fun. Adam, everybody. <laughs> Give him a hand. Um, so I believe this is when Widow Tweed tells Todd to go play, and then we cut to Amos's farm. And you see Amos... A new puppy. You, you see Chief sleeping, and Amos comes up with a new hunting dog puppy named Copper. Copper. And he tells Chief that he's got to look oh, after his, him. Oh, his little fat rolls go over oh, his eyes. So I want to squish his face so bad. He's got all the little rolls. It's and so cute. Chief is not amused. <laughs> not at all. Chief is like, I'm not a babysitter. What do you mean? And so... But you see when... He crawls up and goes to sleep there next to Chief. Chief doesn't stop him. Chief smiles. He does. He's a softie. I love that Amos is like, all right, here's a puppy. You're taking care Take of him. Care Bye. Of him. Right? Like, it's your responsibility. I'm going to go inside now. Here's my new dog. It's your responsibility. Okay. Bye. Don't let him die. Um, and then we end up, I believe, seeing Copper catches a smell of something. Oh, Copper is on the trail. He smells something. Chief tells him not to run away. He said, I won't get lost. I can smell my way back here. <laughs> he's just like, Pups. And so he... <laughs> yeah, whatever. He sets off. And lo and behold, Todd is what he smells. And they he's, meet at he's a log. A, he's got a good sense of smell. We'll give him that. In the this scene of Hopper and Todd at the log. That's what everybody knows of the fox and the hound. Mm-hmm. And this scene is forever burned into my brain. And the way he says, I'm a hound dog. I'm a hound dog. <laughs> not, my name's Copper. I'm a hound dog. And they meet, and they are immediately best of friends. It's like kindergarten. Okay, this is probably my biggest issue with the movie, is I was expecting, you know, like, it showing us how they really, really formed this bond of friendship, and, like, it was, like, an inseparable thing. They were friends for maybe, like, three days Yeah. before he leaves, and I'm like... That's like the driving force of the movie is, you know, are they going to stay friends? That being said, with kids, kids can become best friends in an instant, like in kindergarten or stuff, and it, they they don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. They don't need to build a relationship. They just become friends. Exactly. And my impression was, as Big Mama sings, the best of friends, is that time is passing. And so that I, mean, I knew it was over have, at least a few days. They have been friends for a while now. For I don't, but I could be wrong. I don't know about that because, like, when uh, well, that may be after that song. But I was because I know when uh, Todd goes back over there and Big Mom was like, "Didn't you learn anything yesterday?" Like uh, when you uh, when you got Chief upset because he woke Chief up and he saw the fox and he goes, that's true. And he goes after that's him. True. 
she, she's like, you almost died yesterday. What are you doing? And he's like, hey, but Copper's my friend, so I'm going over there. She's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so they play in the river, and they play hide-and-seek, and they're having a grand old time while Pearl Bailey sings a beautiful song that I love this song. I think it's a it's good fun. song. It's not long enough, in my opinion. Um, but that's just personal opinion. And so then Copper hears Amos calling for him, so he has to go. And then the following morning, Todd goes over to Amos's land to see Copper. Chief is still asleep, and Copper... Is tied up, isn't he? Is tied up. That's after the second time that they, they ran off, that Copper ran Copper's off. Copper's not tied up. Todd is just interested in Chief. No, he is tied up when when uh, when that happens. But it, like twice, um, Copper runs off. And to play with Todd. Yeah, the first and one's then, the log, the second one's the log. Oh, the second yeah, one is like the, 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 the water river, the water. Right, 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 right. That, which I think is when she sings to the best of friends. And that's it when is. he um, then, is like, we're best friends, right? He's because like, not long after they meet at the log, Copper hears Amos calling for him. Yes. And so that's then the right, next day, right. they go back over, or next couple days, whatever. The next they, time they go back. And then because he kept keeps running off, Amos ties him to the so barrel. Todd has so he has to go to Amos's because Copper didn't. Yeah, because he's play. like, "Hey, where were you?" He's like, "We'll meet up tomorrow. Don't forget." He's like, "I won't. I'll be there." And then, like that evening or whatever, Todd shows back up and is like, "Hey, what happened? Where were you? You're supposed to be there." And then sees he's tied up and Copper's all like really sad. super sad. And I was yeah. just like, "You poor dog. You're so cute." And so this is when <laughs> Todd is curious about Chief. Ends mm-hmm. up waking Chief up while in the barrel with him. And so then Chief starts chasing well, Todd all over. Chief is having a dream. He's chasing like a badger and, and is smelling it and then realizes fox. it's a fox and like is waking up at the time because of the smell and then sees Todd, the fox, in the barrel and goes nuts trying to get him because he's a hunting dog. Yeah. yeah. And Todd is able to escape but gets all the chickens of Amos's out of whack. Todd is the irresponsible and reckless friend while um, Copper is like, should we be doing that? <laughs> but Chief is just dragging the barrel around, collecting the chickens, and ends up getting caught in the river with it. And Todd makes it home, but Amos is furious that the fox was on his property. But the next day, that's when Todd goes over and Big Mom is like, do you not remember yesterday? But when he goes over, he wants to say, hey, to Copper, but they're leaving. Well, he sees from the window, because after that kerfuffle the day before, you like that word, kerfuffle? kerfuffle. Um, he sees uh, Widow, Widow Tweed is keeping him inside, and then he sees, they, they see that they're packing up. She's like, oh, they're heading up to the mountains till next spring to, so to hunt to or whatever, goodbye. and he wants to say goodbye, and he slips out the window and goes over there, and she's and like, what are you doing? He's like, well, yeah, I gotta yeah. say goodbye. Yeah. And she's like, you're gonna get yourself. We did. Kid. We did skip the uh, the 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 chase with um, the shooting of the milk barrels and then the radiator. Well, that's when he's. No, that's the that's the same chase when yeah. when at the was end of the chase, chasing with those barrels, driving off. That's right to go to market into the back, and Todd jumps in and he shoots. Uh, all the oh, because then she like she. Goes, <laughs> I love she points the gun at him and he's like, "Careful, woman, that thing's loaded!" And she like uncoats it, throws at him. <laughs> now it ain't. Well, she shoots in the air. Well, first thing she does is she just gets out of the tar- out of her little and truck and stands in the road and wait for him to stop. Swerving all over the road, trying not to hit her because he doesn't. That's the thing. He's not trying to hurt her. He's just. Frustrated with the fox from keeping on no, messing with his that's stuff. That's why I said for most of the movie, Amos isn't that bad. It's just no, Todd yeah. unintentionally because he doesn't have a slight, he has a slight temper. From his perspective, 
this fox got in his chicken house. Yeah. That's what he that, saw first. That's what he saw. And so, and then his and dog's going nuts after. He can't him. speak to the animals like in other movies. Like this one, they, the animals only speak to each he other. They do not speak. didn't know that Todd and Copper so, were friends or Yeah, he, Todd can't be like, no, 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 no. Chief came after me. I tried to hide in the chicken coop. He came in after, and the chickens got yeah. all scared. Like, he couldn't defend now, himself. Wait like, a he minute. was after my chickens. Now, just wait a minute, you fox. <laughs> wait a minute. He wait lost minute. me whenever he's like, listen here, you female. I'm like, all right, whoa. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to be on your side. I know this is the 80s, but let's. Let's dial it back a little back bit here. Sexism a little. But like for most of the movie, he has justification. Yes. That he does. So like I really until that part that we're going to talk about, he's not even really a villain. Like, he's just yes, frustrated. Todd is her pet, but I don't know that she got like the proper license or whatever to get him. She just picks him up and puts a collar on him. Uh, she definitely and didn't. Foxes are are. Uh, they are animals. animals. In the, in well, the, the predators, they will eat chickens and stuff. And he has a chickens on his farm. And so, in his eyes, this fox is a threat to his chickens. And the dogs who are bred and trained to hunt are going after the fox because it's what they do. And so he's like, look, this fox is messing everything up. I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm do what I gotta do. Most definitely. He's, he's very justified for There is definitely maybe. a point where he crosses the line... A bit. In, into just being a villain. Into just being a villain a little bit. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> At this point in the movie. Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> he's totally justified right he, now. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's, not but he's sexist, but he's not he, there. He, he may be a little psychotic. Now, but shooting at her vehicle. <laughs> like I said, he may be a little psychotic. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's psychotic but, and uh, has a bad temper, but... But he's a poor shot. <laughs> he no, nah, he was aiming for the milk. We yeah. wanted her to know. Widow Tweed is not a bad shot, though. She just shoots his radiator straight up. I mean, she's the radiator. Yeah. Blank. I mean, yes. Well, but Widow no. Tweed stands up and defends her pet, whether or not he's legal. So fine. she is able to put him in his place. She is. She's very. In, she's very independent. She's a very strong. She's a, she's a movie, She has put him in his place, and he is depending on her to take care of him. Yes. And whining like a little baby yeah. about it. Thus, uh, Amos is able to fix his radiator, and he and Chief and Cooper... Cooper? Cooper would be my in-law's dog. <laughs> Copper! Excuse That's funny. me. Um, uh, I was at Argmanda's house not long ago for a, a, a company party mm-hmm. at the end of the, the season, um, and she has a dog named Copper. He's a, a German sh- short hair pointer. Mm-hmm. The cutest, sweetest dog was just all up on me, like cuddling with me, and I kept wanting to call him Cooper. And I don't know why. I guess because you keep talking about your I've in-laws' been, I've dog, Cooper. My mother-in-law's dog. But I kept saying Cooper. I'm like, not Cooper, Copper. <laughs> but Copper, Chief, and Amos go hunting, and Todd is very sad because he just missed him. He didn't Chief to has to train him. Copper to be a real hunting dog. Exactly, exactly. And Big Mama tells Todd that unfortunately that's the end of their friendship because when Copper comes back, he will have been trained to kill foxes. He's gonna be a trained killer. Mm-hmm. And love, Todd does not believe that. He refuses. I love the, the one of the scenes when Copper's being trained. It reminds me of Homeward Bound a little bit when he sees the rabbit and just takes off after it instead of there watching goes Chief. The bunny. That's what there I was thinking. The pup. There and goes. He goes after the rabbit and doesn't get him and like falls or whatever. And because he's on the the ice, the bunny gets on the ice and gets away. And Copper's like ah and slides. Yeah. And Chief is just rolling his eyes at him like this. Through, dog. You got a lot to learn. Through this uh, winter montage of 
Copper being trained to be a hunting dog, you also see Copper growing up. Mm-hmm. And eventually it gets to the point where Copper is a better hunting He's dog He's a than better Chief. dog than and Chief now. <laughs> Chief Chief's going to be retired. That's just because, I mean, at, at this point it's just because Copper's younger. Yeah. And, and he's got a better sense of smell. Chief is getting older. The sense of smell isn't as good. He's still a good dog. Like, he's a good hunting dog. But for that's, sure. a, that's a part of, as far as hunting dogs, that's a natural thing. Is you, as one of your dogs is in his prime, you put a, do- a younger dog with him to... To teach him, and then the older dog gets retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but un- unfortunately for Chief, of hunting dogs. this comes to a head at the end of their trip. Whenever they're heading Copper back, and Copper in gets seat. in the front, and Chief, who had told Copper on the way up there, "You have to earn your right," <laughs> is told by Amos oh, that he oh, earned his right. Snapper. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, while this montage is happening, we also are back at the farm, and you see uh, Boomer and Dinky trying to get Squeaks one last time. While they're cold before while flying cold south. before flying south for the winter. And Squeaks ends up being able to get into Widow Tweed's house, hides in a potted plant by Make, the, next stove to the, the stove to keep warm. And then Boomer and Dinky, because they don't have the extra weight and feathers like Big Mama the Owl, fly south for the winter. Mm-hmm. And so they say big. They say what goodbye was that? to Big Mama. Sound like you were snoring. I was yelling. <laughs> they say bye to Excuse Big Mama me. and Todd, and they head south. And then Copper and Chief and Amos come back. And it is as the leaves time. have changed as and fallen, and changed. now they're greening up, and the snow is gone. Yes, and Big Mama sees Todd outside, and he is much larger as well, and he has a collar now officially. And his how deep his voice was, it kind of bothered yeah, me. Yeah, Nikki Rooney's voice. I was like, this I love Nikki Rooney's voice, but I don't but know it, that it his voice well. it was too mature. It was too, he was just too old because he's supposed to still be like a young adult, yeah, fox for yeah. and not I like love, for Todd. I yeah. love Nikki Rooney's voice. I just don't know that this was the role for him. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, I think he played it well. I think he still did a good job. It definitely didn't quite fit the vibe now, they were going for. It. Kurt Russell is copper. Kurt Russell was, was like dead on for <laughs> copper. He was but so good. Todd comes outside with Widow Tweed. Not also, who's be a Kurt Russell fan. He's so. holding a dead plant and keeps saying, "I don't understand." I just don't understand. It's dead as Squeaks is hiding. <laughs> He's eating it. He's been eating it. And then as Todd comes outside, guess who comes back as well? But Boomer and Dinky. Yep. They come back and they, of course, there's a little bit of fun where they try to get Squeaks, and that's when Squeaks ends up on the power line, blinking well, like a traffic light. Before that, Boomer is like. Who's this guy? Like, who, who's who's the fox? No, oh, right, 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 right. And then he's like, "Hey, it's me, Todd." He's like, "What?" Because that's when he says, "Same fluffy tail" or yeah. whatever. Beautiful. <laughs> I love I love Boomer's like stutter. And so they come back, and then seeing Copper and Chief getting back, I believe Todd is wanting to go back and see Copper again, right? Yeah, he wants to go say exactly. hey, but he waits till night when Amos and Chief... Is that is when asleep. they do the lack of education? No, that was when he was young before they left, or when they left. I think so. While he was gone, that's yeah. right. That's right. When she told him he'd come pedal- back as a yeah, after, right after they left, and then they yeah. did the And then, of course, song. they did a hunting man song while they were in, in the car. I think that was on the way back. I think so. Because he was happy because they had all the, the furs, and he had the, they put the hat on Copper. Yeah. So, Todd goes to Yeehaw. see Copper, and Copper is, like, trying to warn Todd to leave. He said, I'll let you leave this time, but I, like... like you, you can't, you can't be here. Get can't out of here. here. be here again. Todd was just being his reckless self again, and, is and this Copper's when, like, dude, you can't yep. do that. Isn't this when Chief wakes up again? Yep. And then Yeah, well, he hears them talking, and you see him open his eyes a little bit and look over, like, side-eye him, and he doesn't move for a second. And he's like, uh, I just wanted to say, 
you know, welcome back or whatever. And he's like, you got to get out of here. If if the hunter or chief find you here, you're you're dead, right? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, chief lunges in, barking at him. Um, and, and the he chase still begins. Tied. And so Amos runs outside, telling Copper it's and Chief to get in. It's that blasted fox again. Running after Copper and Chief. Copper's chasing Todd out of obligation right now. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like he does corner him. Dragging he does. his feet a little bit. Well, he his instinct kicks in. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's learned how to trail something, and so he's trailing him. And he, he Todd tracks manages, him. And Todd, yeah, Todd manages to throw uh, to, to full Chief and like hide under a bunch of logs near like a, a train, train station. Um, but Copper finds Copper him. Copper comes back and had slowed down and was sniffing. And you see, like from Todd's perspective, under the the stacks of wood, you see Copper walk by, and then all of a sudden his face comes right back in the hole. And Todd's like, yes! "There are moments that did make my stomach drop." Like from Todd's perspective, of there was like Copper was genuinely trying to kill him during during like after later, 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 later than yes, yeah. but, yes. but this was one of those moments where uh, my stomach dropped with him. I was like, "Oh, he he means business." And he gives him one more chance. He's, Copper he says, says, I don't want to see you get says, hurt. I don't want to see you get hurt because he's still feeling the same way he did when he saw Todd at the farm. Yeah, he's like, I'll he, let you go this said, one I'll time. I'll let you go one more time because I don't want to see you get hurt. Mm-hmm. And then... And so he leads Amos down the wrong way and Todd goes up onto the, the railroad tracks. But Chief was and trying to Chief pops out because he realized what happened and had been duped and was waiting for, five, and for Todd Chief to show up. And as Chief pops out, a train comes... <sighs> Todd manages to duck below the train, and Chief gets hit and falls off the tracks. I, I remember only... saying, like, yeah. The hunter uh, says, jump, Chief, jump. Yeah. And he's just, Whoo! and he falls and, like, hits rocks on the way down, hits his head on a rock on the way down, and How lands in the water. he only had a messed yeah, exactly. up leg? Exactly. The next time you it see him. Only, with it the... made more sense if he did die there. Yeah, exactly. As sad like, as it would have been. When you see him again with the, the cast on his leg, I looked at Angela, and I was like, yeah, he got hit by a train, hit a bunch of rocks on the way down, and collapsed in a river, but he only has a busted leg. Oh, sure. oh my ankle. Oh. <laughs> I twisted my ankle. It would have made more broken nail. <laughs> now, we'll get to that in Oliver and Company with yeah. Georgette. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, Georgette. Um, but Chief falls off and breaks his leg. And Copper goes and finds him in the river and sees Todd still up on the train tracks. And he says, I'm going to get you for this. It's the last thing I do. Would have made more sense if Chief had died. Mm -hmm. We're Um, past that now. (laughs) We are past that. Clearly we're not. And (sighs) it is the next day. And Widow Tweed is packing up the car. And... No, actually, after that, uh, oh, no, after when he's that, back home, Amos, Amos, Amos tries to, to come in the house. And tries to go in, but Widow Tweed stands her ground because Todd's hiding under the stove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sit- sitting in there. He hears Amos coming and smells him, I guess, before he gets there because he like freaks out and hides behind the stove. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And then he starts just banging and, and on and the Amos door. Amos tells her, that fox hurt my dog. If I see him one more time, I'm going to kill him. Which, again, Amos is justified. At this point, it was because of Todd... Especially if, if Chief, Chief had, died. had died. Absolutely. I'd been upset, like, too. Amos like, is, your fox got my dog killed. Amos is still justified in his actions in this moment. I mean, yep. I wouldn't say he needs to go and barge into Widow Tweed's house. No, I, he I may like, not have been of sound mind. I feel like justified is stretching it a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's more of his... We, I, I get why he's so upset, it's un- but it's understandable. he shouldn't say, like, his, hey... His you know. understandable. His actions may not be the best. He still hadn't crossed the line to being a full villain exactly. just yet. Not yet. Almost. <laughs> but so anyways, Widow Tweed realizes that as long as she has Todd there, he will be in a lot of danger because she can't keep him inside all day. 
And so she packs up the car. But doesn't use her best judgment. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't. Because he's been domesticated, and you don't just take him and leave him out in the woods. He would have died. Yeah. Take him to some rescue or something. But anyway. Yeah. Unless so, you have an amazing big mama to help you out. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm just there saying. You go. See, she I'm knew just that. Saying. She, she knew big mama would be the rehab person. She knows big mama. So. Unfortunately... Amos saw her getting Todd in the car and driving off, and then sees her come back later with no Todd in the car. And he's like, "He, she dropped him off at the wildlife preserve." But this is knowing that that would be logical that that way he couldn't get hurt there. Supposedly. Yeah, so he's like, "Come this, on, copper." This is the <laughs> sad news bears portion of our plot because watching Widow Tweed leave leave Todd uh. in the woods breaks my heart. It is so sad and when we finished watching this movie Madeline looks at me and goes I've never felt pain like this <laughs> she said that's the saddest thing I've ever watched I have felt pain like that once yes I yeah. know yeah that is a very sad part <sighs> oh, it's so emotional I hate it and the song the words that Widow Tweed is speaking oh my gosh I know just makes you want to cry even more goodbye may seem forever like why you gotta do this to me, Disney? Mm-hmm. I mean, he just looks so confused when she puts him oh, in the Oh, stop it. Poor Todd. He's such a, like, he'd been domesticated. He's, so domesticated. he's just trying to follow her back, and she says, stop. And then he tries again, and then he's like, wait, no, I gotta behave. And sits and just watches her get in the car. And I'm like, you poor thing. And I had my dog sitting right next to me. I just kept wanting to tell him, dude, chill. You're gonna meet a girl. And that's why it's we have It's going to turn out okay, it's I gonna promise. It's going to be okay. That would be why we have Dallas. All your instincts are just going to immediately come back. <laughs> so, but as Andrew said, Amos saw that we'll she Twitter came back it. without the fox. And he knows that she took Todd to the game reserve. And so this is when he starts to cross into villain territory. This is where we get our Disney loves crime. I was about to say, I think it's been, I think it's been a while since we've had an actual crime at no, Disney loves rescuers. crime. rescuers. We had kidnapping oh, and yeah. child abuse. Oh, later. Yeah. So first, Big Mama flies all the way over there to make sure Todd's okay. And she even says, I need to lose a few pounds. That was too hard. And I was Big like, Mama, you, you gotta lose a few pounds. <laughs> Wait, and I think she finds Trixie. Not Trixie. Vixie. Trixie. <laughs> She Vixie finds first. Well, she sees Todd and Todd. Well, no, she him. sees Vixie and thinks it's Todd. Oh, you're right. You're right. She thinks it's Todd, but it's Vixie who is our. The fact that she, she knows Big Mama too. Yeah, I was surprised. Because Big by that. Mama obviously goes to the. She's game got a rep. She said, "Oh, hey, Big Mama, I love Vixie's performance." Oh yeah, she, the best. she was great. She like I, I'm like I can a, tell you Sandy are. Sandy Duncan did a this. great job. She was very animated in her voice. Oh, uh-huh. I think it was very good. Real she well, had a lot I of personality it. too. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I honestly didn't even remember her character at all. That's my problem. <laughs> this is my biggest problem with the movie: is this section. It I was is wondering. Higher pace killer, and there is zero reason for it. It's Not kinda, necessarily. It's kind of like in Bongo the Bear. With the, um, after he gets in the well, wild, suddenly he meets the girl. That the stuff he is going to be able to make it in the wild, and that there's also okay. That was a because of the bond he forms with Vixie. It's on. He's acting on that to preserve her, and that's the reason that he stands up to Copper in the first place. And you have the tension. He also um, is doing that to run to survive. I, I know, but he does that to give her time, gets away, and then he. It, it's his. He's he trying knows, to protect. He knows his own skill. He knows he can get away. He's he, he's escaped Chief twice. And copper and copper. Well, well, copper let him, but yeah, he but, he, know, he wants to at least give Vixie time to get away. I agree with Andrew there. But, I um, still disagree. See, because all it does is just pat out the, the but, chase. But to me, it shows where the original story, in that copper 
has gone from just letting Todd go to literally hating him and wanting to kill him because of what happened to Chief in the original story. Chief was dead. And then you see the same thing with Todd when he's willing to sacrifice himself to make sure that Vixie Vixie escapes because he wants to take care of her like Copper wanted to take care of Chief. What point are we talking about where he's willing to sacrifice himself? Where he stands up and he tells her to where run. It's a, it's a creepy look of Todd. That, yeah, it, and I, he faces I, and starts fighting like the red with, eyes. with Copper. Oh, I I don't... That means nothing to me. I'll okay. be 100%. I, I get what you mean. I, I understand Because your the whole point was he told Vixie, run. I get that. I don't think any of that would have changed had she not been there. I still don't agree. Um, because also, meeting Vixie, she helped... Um, acclimate him to being in the woods because he's sitting there miserable saying the woods are stupid there's nothing great about today nothing can look beautiful after the night I've had in Caesar (laughs) it's stupid Um, and then that next morning when uh, he meets Vixie well no well after that the morning after that uh, they have that burrow together already and then he comes out and he's like what a beautiful morning and he is he is kind of started to move on and not worry about copper okay. and everything anymore until they come back. I she don't helps see him survive. Why, I don't see lasts. why we needed a female fox to do that. We didn't necessarily need a female fox, but I, that's the role she fills is helping move. Him I feel on. like that's supposed to be and Mama's role. It's also Disney. There's going to be a love interest, and that's my problem. It's like there's no why are we? I don't need a love interest here. Uh, this is this is not a story about Todd and. Vixie, this is a story. Let me finish. Okay, this is a story about Todd and Copper and how their friendship separates. And this is like this is their story. And so her becoming a big character right at the end to really do nothing, it feels like it spends way too much time on that. Personally, my opinion, I think that Vixie helps round out and complete the end of the story because it's uh, it's about Copper and Todd and them being best friends, learning that. Through all the stuff with the bear and with the chase and all that, they did end up helping each other in the end. They they defended the bear together, and ultimately, Copper and Todd are still going to be friends, but they can't be near each other. But they have separate lives. They have separate lives, and Vixie is a part of helping Todd figure out his own life. Copper's life is his loyalty to Amos. That's he's figured out his own life is well in chief because Chief stayed alive in this generation, but is helping Chief and being Amos's dog and being loyal to that family. And Todd's story ending is that. He can still be happy, even without Widow Tweed anymore. He has Vixie, he has the forest, he has Big Mama. He is able to find just as much joy as Copper has with Amos. Awesome. And their two coexistent stories both have happy endings at the end. Also, without Vixie, after that first night in the wilderness, Todd might not have even tried to run away from Copper and Amos because he was so miserable already. He's like, I, this is awful. You know, but because be, when Big Mama first comes Vixie, to talk to him before she introduces him to Vixie, he doesn't even want to talk to Big Mama. Mm-hmm. Like he's still so depressed, he doesn't want to talk to Big Mama. Then so. why is the scene twenty minutes? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying it's not too long. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I don't. Because, I get the point you're making. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump from here. That's my problem. I don't. I, I don't 100 <laughs> agree with any I, of it. But <laughs> yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I just don't. 
really, I don't 100% agree that it's not necessary, <clears throat> is all. Yeah. It but, just feels, it feels, long story short, feels shoehorned to me. Yeah. And that's fair. That's yeah. fair. It doesn't, the, the tempo and the tone isn't quite the same as the rest of the movie, so I understand it, that. It, it's, it's literally just the Twitter-pated scene again. I, I <laughs> with no, with that. With no right. new commentary. But I do see the necessity in it, in the plot. But anyways. He Todd, said, she's beautiful, I'm gonna make a fool of myself. <laughs> he really did. I did find that kind of funny when he got confident, like, she ma'am, I am, I am the, wow. the best fisher. And I was like, oh, gosh. You've no. never fished in your life, Todd, don't you? The whole time, Big Mama was like, oh, Todd, oh, please let him catch a fish. Please let him catch a fish. the movie was, please let him catch a fish. So, anyways, Todd spends his first night in the woods, and it's raining, of course, because when it's sad in Disney, it rains. Um, what are you calling It is raining. Is it raining right now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that must, it's because it's a sad episode of the podcast. Yep. Um, it's Adam raining and... <laughs> fight you. Todd, on. Todd keeps trying to find somewhere to sleep. I'm going to put a whooping on both of y'all. No, you won't. I didn't do anything! <laughs> no, y'all are just bickering. I'm not! I'm just bringing up fights! All right, kids. <laughs> Todd is trying to find somewhere to sleep for the night, and every place he looks to get out of the rain is occupied. Including Mr. Digger's Badger's Burrow. <laughs> and he says, Get off you know, my lawn. Get off you know, kids, get off my lawn. And luckily, Mr. Porcupine comes to the rescue and offers some shelter for Todd. Unfortunately, Mr. Porcupine is a porcupine. And so in the morning, he accidentally stretches. wakes Todd up violently by stretching. He, Who then like, falls on top of the Badger's Burrow. He does freak out. He's like, Where am I? What happened? <laughs> I love when the badger calls the porcupine a walking pin cushion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought it was weird when uh, after Todd and Vixie like get together. I was going to mention that, that they were there. Yeah, they were the, all of a sudden there. the porcupine's over here, I like handing that. his hands like this, yeah. watching like, oh, it's so cute. And the badger's sitting there with his arms crossed, like, and it's just stupid. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> no, you <it's> left. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so they trying to make like an end of an episode. Todd is still sulking. Big Mama, as I said, thinks she finds Todd, but it's Vixie. And then that gives her an idea to use Vixie to help Todd be positive. I like that she, um, that Big Mama had the idea. She was like, oh, and he's handsome. And she was like, well, I guess I can help and, you and look. I, I mean, I can that. help you look. I'm I not doing anything. The one thing Big Mama says about him is he's handsome, and then Vixie says, he sounds like a wonderful person. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds wonderful. Like, all you know is he's good looking, Vixie. What's he's that? good looking? Hey, let's do this. What's that he's a fox and he's good looking. There's slim pickings here, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this. It's him or the I might badger, sound like so. a complete idiot when I say this. I, I get that they are, in both movies, they're animated foxes. But I feel like there's a variety of ways that you can animate a fox's face. But I think that the way that Vixie's. Or that the characters in these and the characters in um, Robin, Robin Hood, Hood that they look similar. Again, I know that they're animated foxes, but I feel like you can make it look different. Straight also. up, I actually don't see that. I, it's just, it was slightly. I see it a little bit with Vixie, but see, I see not it so a much with smidge with Todd, but not with Vixie. I, I really see it with both. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Vixie and Todd meet. Todd is smitten and trips over himself, both verbally and physically. <laughs> And attempts to catch a fish because he says he's the greatest fisherman. Oh, God. To which Big Mama then prays that he would catch a fish. Please, when she was like, catch a fish. She said, do you need help? Nope, this is how I do it. 
<laughs> he's like, wrestling with a long, long like, like he's trying to grab the the fish like you try to grab the soap in the shower and it keeps slipping out of your hands and he's like hey, hey, ah, hey. and so they are just smitten I know with you each can't other. see my visual yeah. they do kind of fight there, what they do kind of fight a little bit because when she's laughing at him and then she's he, laughing he innocently her. and he is and in, he does a pouty princess for a few moments that's what he I was going to bring up he's not our official pouty fine, princess fine you just laugh at me then um, I've had it he does pout but he's just embarrassed because he likes is he it, not so. our official pouty princess I already he's know not. who our official I think pouty I princess know. is he is our honorable mention pouty princess just as a uh, Brom Bones from the adventures of Ichabod Mr. Toad was an honorary pouty princess <laughs> um, and they but they end up making up and Todd and Vixie are still friends and then we go back to our real pouty or princess something more because you see Chief, Chief. and he says, oh, he says this is a way to have a busted leg a soft pillow oh. a warm stove and this is when <laughs> Copper and Amos good come food in. good food this is when Amos mentions that he knows Widow Tweed took Todd to the game reservation mm-hmm. reserve whatever you want to call Wild it Wildlife Reserve Wildlife Reserve mm-hmm. that's it something like that. and but Chief is our pouty princess when he's trying to get their attention <laughs> Oh, some visitors come to see the Valley. <laughs> oh man! And so Chief is our official Chief, princess. Get back in that room. Get you back in there before I break your little leg. <laughs> All right, turn back around. And so Amos and Copper set out in the wee hours of the morning to go to the wildlife reserve and. This is our official Disney loves crime. Disney loves crime, and, and he, well, this and is his official cross over the line into villainy as he crosses the line of the wildlife preserve. When I was a kid, it never registered that that was a like a game preserve, like a it wildlife. Says no hunting. It says no hunting. It never crossed my mind no, for whatever he uses reason. Wire cutters just, to cut the. And he said, "We're not doing that. We're also, just getting the a use, no good fox." The use of him showing Copper how to like the the bear trap with the stick, terrifying. Okay. That was beautifully done, and the fact that it does that and just fades to black well, to go to the next scene. He also I was like, knows with the visualization of the stick, a bear would get stuck in that. A fox would have his leg cut in half. Oh, absolutely. That. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy has Very lost good. his mind. He and Copper cut the cut the uh, uh, barbed wire <laughs> fence. I couldn't think of the word. And they bring some bear traps, and they go to the game reserve, wildlife reserve, Aaron, come on. And The game preserve is the same thing. They're going to get a no-good fox, and this is quite literally the line that Amos crosses is the border of the reserve. Yeah. And now he's officially a Disney villain. dog in tow, gun in hand, carrying the bear traps. He's officially a Disney villain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then this is when y'all mentioned Todd wakes up the next morning that morning with Vixie. They come out of their burrow. He's talking about have, after having like a miserable night the night before, and how he's like, "There's nothing beautiful about today." And then sees Vixie, um, and then this next morning wakes up immediately. What a beautiful day to be alive, man! He's like, "Life is good again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they are walking somewhere. They're going to the lake or the pond. Going the to the pond. river. Because remember, before that, he sets up the tracks. Amos the says they find they'll the be tracks. coming right through here, going to water. That's right, because copper because copper finds the tracks, tra- finds the tra- tracks, mm-hmm. and so they set out bear traps, hide them under leaves and such. And oops, I dropped a thing. <gasps> you did the thing. I did. Um, and Todd and Vixie are gonna walk through the dark woods, the dark part where they had set the bear traps to get to the river or the pond or whatever. 
And Vixie's a little nervous about it. She realizes there's well, no sound. It shows quiet. that Todd still has a lot to learn, and he needs Vixie to help him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because he's just bebopping through there, and she says, wait a minute, it's, it's too, too quiet. quiet. Which, that happens when, you know, if you're ever out in the woods or, like, even just go out in your backyard on a summer evening, you know, you'll hear all the crickets and, like, frogs or whatever. When you go out there... They die down when they're, especially when you're around where they are, because they're yeah. like, "Whoop, humans!" Yeah. So like that Todd happens. Doesn't listen to Vixie, and he keeps going, and almost sets off a bear trap. He does set off a bear trap. So well, he does after Amos. He uncovers goes one, after him. takes the leaves off of one. Unfortunately, yeah, but he doesn't get caught. And then he hears the gun cock. And his foot's and over then one he of them, and he hears back. the gun cock, and he starts backing and up. And then one goes and off on him. The but he doesn't get, he, I don't know how he doesn't get caught in that thing. He's I a fox. Several of them go off. No, Foxes are no. Just like the way he pulls his leg out without even realizing it's that. No. Reflexes. Foxes actually do have quite I quick reflexes, that. but I, I think I agree. Yeah. The way these springs are calibrated, these things like, shut close. Yeah, yeah. Sir just merged through the metal. Um, but so then the chase begins. Copper starts chasing Todd, and Todd and Vixie are off like a lightning bolt, and they go hide in their burrow. And Copper, well, he he tells her get to the burrow, and he stays behind to distract Copper to and let that's her get when he there. Makes that face, which is the terrifying. most terrifying animation. Like I I have but never liked it. Boxes are probably really scary if they were to like. Bow up at you. you know? mm-hmm. I've seen a video of two yeah, foxes doing it to each other, and a lot of it's just like high pitched squeals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> foxes are predators, as we said. So mm-hmm. he gives Vixie a head start and is able to get back to the burrow, and Copper is like halfway into the burrow with his body trying to get in and get them. And they start trying to go out and the that's, back. That's when you realize that Copper is not, he's not going to hold back. He's not holding at back all. anymore. Yeah, so, and yeah, at this point for sure you realize, oh, he's not messing around. They start heading to the back exit of the burrow, but Amos is there lighting a fire. And so they have trapped them. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And Amos comes back around. Amos he's like, we got him now, around, Copper. saying, you know, we, we're going to smoke them out. You can get them, Copper. And then they just are daring and jump through the flames and escape. Which is... <laughs> I love Amos. is like, what? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He's just dumbfounded, which, to be fair, yeah, no. I think I would be too. Uh, yeah, Never really underestimate mean. the power of a protagonist. So they're able <laughs> to armor. get away, and they're Literally. running, and Todd and Vixie start crossing over a waterfall over a log, Copper smells something. He thinks that they've hidden in this tree right next to the waterfall. And so Amos shoots at the tree, but lo and behold, it is a big old bear. He doesn't shoot. He's he's getting ready. He's like, all right, come out. Oh, he's and getting then, ready, and the bear races And then all of a sudden, you just see the shadow come over him, and he's just like, oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just and a safe so Then they start running. Copper is fighting the bear, which honestly... He puts up a good Good fight. dog. Like, way to protect your, your human and, and there. He, fu- he puts up a good fight. Gosh, like, you look hungry. May I recommend the trout? <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that the entire time. Brown. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. And so he and Amos are running. Amos attempts to shoot the bear a couple of times, but Amos gets stuck in his own he, bear He trap. gets, like, the shoulder of yeah. the bear yeah. at one point, which only makes the bear more angry. And he gets stuck in his own he bear trap. In the trap. And the gun oof. gets slung away. Oh, gosh, that's got to hurt, man. That steel bear trap. And so he's trying to get out of the bear trap and also trying to get his gun. And Copper is trying to protect Amos 
Uh, and we cut back to killed. Todd and Vixie climbing up the mountain or whatever. And, and Todd he, can hear it. He can hear Copper fighting and with the he bear. He hears the squeals when he gets when hurt. he gets hit, and his, he's just like, oh, his, I got to go help him. His love for his friend takes over. <coughs> Excuse me. And he rushes back down the mountain and jumps on the bear and helps Copper. And the bear ends up chasing Todd up the mountain, so Copper... Well, Amos is able to not be attacked by the bear, you know, since Todd is leading him away. And they are on the log, and the log falls with well, Todd and the bear. Todd gets smacked by the bear onto the log and, the and like, falls, falls and is barely holding yeah, on. The yeah, bear yeah. comes out, and it, like, shifts, and then he swings at Todd, hits the log. The log breaks. They fall, and we never see the bear again. And somehow, Todd survives. Not He's a lighter. I suppose. No. He probably landed on the bear, you know, cushion. Falling <laughs> <laughs> means nothing in this world. No. Nope. Anyways, <laughs> he probably tried to stay out of Like, like, yeah, no, that's the only reason I think I'm okay with Chief staying alive because I'm like, it then doesn't make me question Todd at the end. Like, <laughs> so how? <laughs> to be fair, Chief got hit by a train. That's, that's a good point. As well. Todd landed in the water. He had, it was deep, you know. Poosh, he didn't. Bears I mean, there was a log tumbling after. <laughs> <laughs> so the log hit the bear. Oh, okay. And the bear hit the bear. The, the, the log, log hit the bear. Todd <laughs> fell first to be at the bottom of the log. The log in the hole in the bottom of the sea. Dad just started questioning. Logs. Dad just started questioning his whole argument. We are so confused we already, now. We have already established the fact that plot is on Todd's side. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he's wearing a full armor yet. of plot device. So Todd survived, and Copper manages to limp over to Todd, and they basically make amends. Like Copper well, basically able to say, "Like I forget." I mean, he gets there, and he like looks up, and then and Todd no, pretty much is uh, acknowledging, "You got me if you want me." Yeah, I'm done. Todd acknowledges that he, he also, basically gives up, but Amos comes up. But I want to say real quick, the power of that moment. Neither one of them speak a word; they just look at each other and well, understand he, each other. And it's like, it's honestly you beautiful. can tell that like Copper would have killed him already. If he oh yeah, oh yeah. Him. And I I think. The moment that Todd jumped on the bear and saved Copper and saved Copper's life was when Copper forgave him truly because he's mm-hmm. like he does like we're still friends. He helped me, and then Copper returns the favor because Amos comes up, points the gun at him, and Copper stands over Todd. Uh, uh, what a I powerful love the, moment too! The fact that Amos like af- I like that you see his face. He's Amos, like and it's like he starts. Uh, realizing calming what down, he's done. well, just processing it all, and he realizes this is nuts. And, and they're friends. And when you survive a bear attack, you know, you kind of right. had enough for the day. And also, the adrenaline's wearing off from the bear, and he's like, No one verbally says, dude, you got to chill. Like, this is this is enough. Like, we're the, done. The, the look from <laughs> Copper and the fact that he, like, positions himself to where, if you're shooting this fox, you got to shoot him through me, it is, is, is a powerful, powerful statement. And so, thusly, Copper and Todd have mended their friendship. And it basically shows visually that they will always be friends. But there's a line drawn. But then, past that, you see Copper enjoying his life at the farm with Amos and Todd up on a hill enjoying his life in the forest with Vixie, showing that they will always be friends, but they can't be in the same worlds anymore. But they have made a minute. They are from two different worlds. Copper's not trying to kill Todd anymore, and Todd's not trying to see Copper anymore. Mm -hmm. They are friends, but they are in two different worlds, separate lives. Like, hey, if, uh, you know... If you ever need backup, I got you, but uh, I'm going to chill out over this way. And you even just... <laughs> see Widow Tweed, 
mending, taking care of Amos's foot, so they have made amends. Who is complaining about <laughs> it, and then she says, that's a lot of complaint about just a little hurt broken leg, foot. A broken something. foot while he's got his calves hurt. You saw him <laughs> and then you see one last time Boomer and Dinky try to get Squeaks who now becomes a butterfly I'm going to say Technicolor it's be- butterfly. I'm going to say it's because he got shocked that one time and started glowing that he He's can change colors now. and is radioactive and is He's just a super butterfly, super butterfly. <laughs> funny to me that Big Mama gets says good luck uh, Squeaks or whatever and I was thinking yeah for the next 24 hours because yeah <laughs> That's all a butterfly lives is 24 hours after That's it comes true. out of the cocoon. That was my first understanding You see Copper that. napping in his barrel, and then the camera yeah. backs up, and you see Vixie Todd and, and Vixie Todd. looking and down. You hear, on and like, you hear him like remembering when he said, you're my best friend. We'll You're always be too, friends Todd. forever, yeah. won't we? And thus is the story of the fox and the hound. Oh, that's a heavy one, you guys. Yeah. That was a big one. I think we can officially turn off the seatbelt sign. Gosh, I you hope so. You think so, Adam? No. No. <laughs> no. I've got a few more hot takes that I'm going to give in my, uh, in, in my final thing. I'm going to... Waiting for his, for his Where, final thoughts so we can't... So, yeah, so you can't, you can't disagree or, or no, interrupt me. No, no rebuttal. No, no rebuttal. No. Once Wait. Adam is done talking, the seatbelt light will turn off. There you go. There you go. We have it. not yet uh, gone through all the turbulence. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> I take that I was trying so hard to say that and I couldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we are still in turbulence, but it went, we went, we, we, we. <laughs> and then Dad said, we are still in turbulence. Great minds. Great minds, Abby. <laughs> well, speaking of turbulence, let's talk about some favorites of this movie that I'm assuming might be a little controversial for some of us Wilsons. Not going to name any names. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> um, but we'll start with Abby. Give me your favorite song. Uh, I think... This one should probably be fairly... It is unanimous, when... Um, Big Mama sing, or, or It's when, um, you know, when you're the best of friends. Because I think I remembered that one out of anything else the most. From, I don't know what. Just I, I think it's the most memorable song. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, Best of Friends. Hmm. Adam? Best of Friends, because I believe it's the only good song. It's the only song. Yeah, there you go. The There's, others are like spoken word exactly, poetry, kind of. And most of them are spoken in Goodbye May Seem Forever, and A-Line, I mean sung, and A-Line sung in Lack of Education. There's like one line. I wanted to like Lack of Education. I did it was too. nothing. There was nothing to it, work it with. It went for like 15 seconds. For them to bring As I thought about it during the movie, because I knew you'd ask the question, what was your favorite song? And I was thinking, well... I don't like any of them except, yeah. except for Best of Friends. Even and this is the only real song. It just dawned on me for them to have a, as big name of a singer as Pearl Bailey. They, they wasted her. They, they only I absolutely think they wasted her because I don't think she was the right fit from uh, for Big Mama. And I, I, I get like, okay, cool. You want to use her for the singing. But then and then I'm like, then where is it? You Now, I agree with all of y'all. Best of Friends is the best song. It's it's a beautiful song. I said it earlier. I personally really like that song. It's very heartfelt and emotional. Did Big but Mama, it's not long at all. Was there a song when Todd and Vixie mm-hmm. met? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's called I Appreciate the Lady. Either. It's Appreciate another one that's like uh, Lack of Education. 
education. Um, Very spoken of. AKA bad. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, well, we missed one song A Hunting Man. <laughs> that one, that, that, that's almost the second place for me. <laughs> it's the most fun. My favorite is it Best of Friends. My least favorite is Goodbye May Seem Forever So Were we giving least favorites? No, but I just had no. to say that I hate that song because it makes me emotional. That's Ugh. fair. I, I, had she, had Briar Rose not speaking, <laughs> that was Queen. Yeah, her. <laughs> Tell me that's not the same. Those are, those are synonyms. Not quite. Is it though? Listen. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, Widow Tweed, same difference. Right. One's a princess, one's <laughs> a farmer, whatever. Had she actually been singing that, 100% would have knocked that up to the top. You're right. You're but right. because, like, I'm like, and while it's just kind of whispering it's beautifully, it like, it's a it's beautiful it's sentiment. It's heart-wrenching. But it's like, I, this isn't as impactful. It's not a song. I agree. It's heart-wrenching, but it's not a song. Um, anyways, back to Abby, favorite character. Hold on. We did, oh, the others did answer. Everybody said. My favorite character is Copper. I love Copper. I think he is precious when you first meet him. And I, I just, I liked seeing him grow up for some reason. And that he took on the fact like, okay, this is my owner. These are my people. I am going to stick with them and respect them. Yes, you're my friend. So they're, or you were my friend. So I'm not going to um, kill you. But also you can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Like you got to respect, like we're at different points in our lives now. And he was very logical. And I mean... I think I just liked his drive throughout the movie, even when he was, you know, trying to kill Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was like, it was complete. He's, it it, it shows the loyalty of a dog. Yes, it, but also he did come to his senses and stuff. And I just think he's a solid character. I really do. And he's not super reckless or anything. He's considerate. Andrew, uh, I'm gonna agree. Copper. Um, first off, when he's a puppy, he is absolutely <laughs> freaking adorable. Um, but. Uh, also, he has he has the biggest and best character arc mm-hmm. in this entire movie. He, That's kind of what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, I knew that's what you meant. Um, <laughs> he he really goes places throughout the entire thing. He learns a lot. Um, I think Todd has a good character arc too, but not as big of one um, as as Copper does. And Kurt Russell is just fantastic. Yep. Like absolutely, just drives home uh, Copper and like really really embodies that voice and and mm-hmm. portrays him very well um I'm, so yeah that would that would be my favorite character adam i was gonna say todd but after the, they brought up some points that i have to really agree with and i think it's i'm not gonna a also, bad choice though yeah i'm it gonna go in the I'm fox go, and the hound i'm pretty sure those are the probably gonna be the two f- favorite characters of most people i'm gonna go copper Sorry. because he has the unfortunate uh uh problem of the over anger of uh, the injury of Amos. Dogs do tend to Not reflect Amos. their owners. Though. No, it's Amos. Oh, Chief. But Chief. Dogs do tend to reflect their owners. Fair. And Amos has a terrible temper. But I also feel like that's also because he was supposed to die. Right. And then it makes more sense. Absolutely. But I, 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 I agree. He has some of the best character arc with the most character struggle. I do think this this movie has some of the most interesting character arcs we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And, and actual character growth. Um, I agree. But I, I think it's it's uh, he's very good and yeah. I, I like him. If you were to stick with um, Todd, what would the reason? I really been? like his carefree free nature, and I, I do love the the I him for a long time being like, no, 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 I don't care what everybody says. We're going to stay friends until Not his best friend swears labels. vengeance on him, and he has to kind of drop that. He didn't care about labels or conventional roles. Exactly, and then also him true. at the end, even though he is. 
essentially he could leave that person to die because of everything that they've tried to kill him, blamed on him, and sworn against him. He still goes back to help his friend. The, I feel like the best I'm tied. It's a box and the hound. The best line to describe this movie is in the song "The Best of Friends." It's the line says, "Neither see the natural boundary," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that is such a cool line Neither because it's. See. Like, like the whole point of this movie is talking about that just because, you know, nature or society tells you that you have this role doesn't mean that that's... Like, just because Copper's a hunting dog and just because Todd's a fox doesn't mean that they have to be enemies, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just a really cool message to portray. Anyways, Dad? I'm going to have to agree. Copper. Um, I think, and I agree with Adam, that Todd is, is real close but I think they develop Copper's character more through the winter where you see him growing. Yeah, Todd And you don't really of... see it with Todd. You see yeah. him as little, and then all of a sudden there's grown-up Todd. You don't whereas, see what he's been through. Right, whereas you, 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 you kind of you go on the journey with Copper a little bit of, of being real raw with Chief, kind of laughing at him, to learning to even being better than Chief. Yeah, also, you, you get to see those, like, intermediate stages right. of Copper, whereas with Todd, you see him you really don't get to winter, see it. you see him still inside or whatever, and then, boom, he's grown. Well, and and I'll be honest, I think that, I personally thought that Todd was a little spoiled. I loved his character, I did, but also, like, he did take things for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, even, he had even a as a puppy, spoon. you see a lot of growth in Copper, because at first, he's really upset a lot because he keeps disobeying Amos, and he doesn't want to make Amos upset, but he wants to be with Copper. And then um, Todd. with Todd, but then the older he gets, the more loyalty he has for Amos, and like there's just a lot of growth. Like a there. good dog, so, yeah, exactly. Also, I know we keep sorry, real quick. I know we keep talking about how it would be better with with if Chief had died, and I still think that. But I was thinking about it, and even if you know, even though he didn't die, Todd still essentially put him in the hospital. And I know if somebody put one of you guys in the hospital, I would be very upset with them as well. If Todd had actively done something, I'd be and a little I, more yes. understandable about it. But it's like, yeah, that's that's on him. Because yeah, I, I feel like the anger is much easier to redirect if it's something more serious like that. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, I have to agree with all of you guys. I So I had two different characters that I was going to say were my favorite. One of them was Big Mama, wasn't it? And neither of them were... Copper, but I'm gonna have to say y'all swayed me. Copper's my favorite. <laughs> I didn't think about how much of a character One he had. of us. One of them One was of Big us. Mama because I love Big Mama. I, I do I, love Big Mama. I have Mama. a soft spot in my heart for tender, caring, motherly figures in Disney movies. She's up like there Mrs. For me. Jumbo. I love Mrs. Jumbo. Like Big Mama is just so caring and loving, and she took care of Todd, and she loved seeing Copper and Todd play in spite of their differences, and like. She made sure that he had someone there for him in the woods by Vixie. And, like, I just love Big Mama. And then also, I was going to say Vixie was one of my favorites solely because Sandy Duncan's portrayal was phenomenal. Fantastic. As mm-hmm. much crap as I, I have and will talk about Vixie, <laughs> none of it goes down to the performance. She's like, great. Right. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And that's why I hate that I didn't like her because, like, if, if, especially whenever I was like kind of rough on Big Mama, heard Kurt Russell and loved him, and then she comes in, and I'm like, why are you here? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening for a minute. Like, you you know your character and are nailing I it. I hate that I had forgotten that Vixie existed because I loved her character. Mm-hmm. I loved watching her interact with Todd and with Big Mama. And I Sandy think... Duncan did great. And so those two were going to be my favorites, but y'all have swayed me. I love Copper. His arc of character growth is beautiful. I think, in my opinion... The like I love I do love Vixie's character, 
but I think that her character is like plays a role equivalent as um my gosh, what's her name in Bambi? Uh, Feline. As, as Feline in when <laughs> when like it, when they're older and everything, she's just there to be the love interest essentially. Yeah. I can see that. You didn't have as much of a problem with Feline though, did you? Because I didn't like that movie at all. Well, that's <laughs> I didn't think because about that there was some, that was something that was happening in the movie. Don't get me. Don't get no. me started on Bambi. Let's let's not go there I mean, because Dad Adam and I waited. will bicker between between that. Dad already waited like fourteen episodes to be able to tell us his opinion. On Bambi, <laughs> so we don't need to go back to that. But anyways, one yeah. last circle around the table. I'll say uh, uh, Big Mama was definitely up there for me. Yes, and then Boomer was also up there, but that's just because I love Tigger. The I love Tigger his voice man. actor, and the energy is just great. He did the he's Tigger just a fun... laugh at one point. I freaked out. He's he's just just a fun just... And Chief was awfully good too, oh, just because of Pat Buck. Yeah, a, this was a really good voice. It was cast. a well performed. There was a couple, movie for sure. a couple characters that I feel like weren't quite on the mark, but for the most part, this was a really good I voice. think the I, best voice actor that they had in here was what was it? Squiggles? Squeak. 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 <laughs> Squeak as himself, man. Oh, I agree. Okay. I, well, I, I don't think I disliked any performance of any of the characters. I think they all were done really well. I agree. I agree. Um, Abby, go ahead and give me your favorite and least favorite moment. <laughs> the eyes got so big. Oh, I forgot to be thinking about this. <laughs> you can see the the terror in her eyes. <laughs> Just to see that the clock's going behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um. The math equations. My least favorite scene is probably when Widow Tweed is dropping Todd off. Just because Ugh. it's heartbreaking and I don't like it at all. Um. I haven't really thought about my favorite moment. I'll be honest. It's probably. Whenever um, Copper defends Todd, when he like steps in front of him, and then Amos mm. realizes, okay, that's enough. And I because I thought that was a very like, I felt very pleased with that conclusion, with where it like like you know it felt concluding. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, um, I will. I think I will agree with Abby on least favorite when Todd gets dropped off um, for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's just heart-wrenching, and that's the part that I look forward to the least um, when going into this movie, even though I know it's a good movie, and it's it's a beautifully shot scene. It's well done because it makes me feel emotions. I just don't like when it. When an animated fox can make you cry, the movie's doing something right. Or extremely well. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I have no idea what my favorite part is. Uh, I think I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon here with Abby and say mm-hmm. when, when Copper... Uh, Covers to- uh, shields Todd and 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 keeps Amos from shooting him because there's a lot of good scenes and it's hard to choose. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or probably the log, the log scene when they first meet. That's that's a great one too. Oh yeah. Um. So least favorite is Todd fishing because of reasons I have already stated. <laughs> I think that part is incredibly unnecessary and goes on for too long. And take that out of the movie and nothing changes. And um. Take a breath. <laughs> least favorite. I was. Uh, I need you all to not kill me. Uh, I swear. Favorite. Okay. Huh? Favorite. Yes. Favorite. I was debating making it when she drops off Todd just because of the <laughs> raw emotion in. <laughs> no, 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 that's very so good. I get it, though. I, I, 
I, I think I'm doing that because I'm you like, I, I respect her for, like, I'm like, she was is, protecting him. She was doing what Absolutely. was right. Also, I think if this was the real world, she just killed him. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to say that, but at the very least, she was looking out for him. And I do think, I'm like, this is this is the, po- the part that, I'm going to be real, for a lot of this movie, I didn't feel much. I, I was like, oh, that's sad. Oh, that's it. That thinks. Anyways, this was the one that I'm like, that that hurts actually. Mm-hmm. This actually hurts, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that it, the, it, the part with the most emotion. Which is entirely respectable. It's, oh, no, that's a very good argument. Adam. I love how the raw emotion of that scene can be the reason for it being someone's favorite and someone's least favorite. Yeah. Though it's just as fair either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it still works. Dad, well, I think my least favorite scene. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same scene when when she drops Todd off just because mm-hmm. it's sad, and my my favorite scene in the whole thing is when we see meet Todd as a puppy. I mean oh, I mean yes. a copper copper as a puppy, and he says I'm a hound dog. I'm I'm a hound dog. So the scene where where they meet at the log and. Okay, yeah. My least favorite, I was going to say Widow Tweed dropping off Todd, but I think my least favorite is actually Amos and Copper breaking into the wildlife reserve and setting up the bear traps and getting the chase started, just because it makes me so mad. (laughs) Like, like, I get that it's the build-up to the climax. Do you not respect the law? Like, I get that it builds up to the climax, but it it just makes me angry. Like, that is fair. I don't know, and I'll probably end up regretting that decision later. And, and like, no, also, it's not my least favorite. But for me, some of the stuff with squeaks is not very. Oh yeah, very, yeah. it is yeah. unnecessary I, I and really not my favorite at all. There was they didn't overdo it. Like yeah. there's there's been stuff like they that. Were, in other I think movies. one scene away from overdoing I it. Agree. I was going to say I, I think agree. they did the right number of scenes. I think they were versus squeaks, but it also interspersed did, enough that it wasn't because there were too bad. Like that in were, other yeah. movies did that feel were very disconnected though. Yeah, no, for sure. It was just like this is. But this is some I didn't mind because um, it was an excuse to hear Tigger. I know. But my favorite part is actually a tie between two parts that I don't know on what grounds I'd be able to choose between them is... Well, you must. Uh, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. The the climax of the movie of Todd and Copper, both times where one defends the other. Like, seeing them understand their friendship there at the end and, like, helping round out the movie. It's just really cool to me and really, like, deep. But also, the log scene, when they meet, is so mm-hmm. stinking cute. Yep. And it's just, it's what's most memorable about the movie. It's what everyone knows. Also, that bear is terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, the like, yeah, it's, it's either a grizzly bear because of how aggressive it was, or that is a mama bear protecting some cubs that we, we didn't get to see. Yeah. But, like, the climax is so intense that it actually had me on the edge of my seat watching it. And that's impressive oh, to yeah. do. I, I slightly feared for Amos. I just oh, a little bit. Yeah, 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 no, uh, <laughs> as much as I'm like, I want nothing but the worst of this man. That bear pops up, and I'm like, maybe you should run. I don't want to, I don't want to see you get mauled here. The combination <laughs> of him being stuck in the bear trap, not being able to move, and not get his gun, and not, can't and reach his gun, and the bear there, off, and constantly like defending him. So like, it's a very tense just situation. The, the You're emotional just like, oh! tension and the like the the investment there is really thick and palpable. Mm-hmm. But the log scene is so memorable and it's so cute and it it is the foundation of the movie. I mean, that's what the rest of the movie is based off of is their friendship. So I don't I can't choose between those two. They're both really good. And I you can't make me. I can try. You can't make me. Anyways, um, now we'll go ahead and do final thoughts and rankings, and we'll again start with Abby. After talking about it with y'all, I think that 
I like it a little more. Because I, I was also kind of tired when I watched it. Fair. But um, it was definitely an emotional movie. Definitely not my favorite. But it was definitely... I'm saying that a lot. It was a good movie. For sure. Um, I There were, you know, a couple issues with it. But I think that the overall story, it didn't really lack any. Like, it, it told a very solid story with, mm-hmm. you know, ups and downs and a climax. And it really um, showed the struggles between the two friends and how they came to terms with their situation. And I just, I, 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 I liked it. So, I'm, um, I go ahead and read it. Mm-hmm. I forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going to give it probably a 7 out of 10. Okay. Andrew? Um, yeah, I already like this movie, but in talking about it, I think it definitely bumped it up some as well. Um, this is this is a very good movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, like Abby was saying, it has a very solid story. Like, it's got very good character arcs, incredible performances. And it wasn't really boring. It really wasn't. Like, you're invested pretty much the whole time, other than, you know, a few little parts that we've talked about here and there that felt a little unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but... I mean, I, I had a good time watching it. It makes me emotional every stinking time. But it's, it's I mean, it's definitely one of those that you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch it again, you know? Um, so I'm going to give this one an eight. You know what I realized? Mm. Our main characters did not sing any. Good. That's like, That's fine. It, it feel like they, they don't do that very Adam. often. So I, I, I've, I've been kind of mixed on this movie. Because I do think it has some of the best writing we've seen yet. The story is very, like, well thought out. The characters are fleshed out and actually have proper character arcs. Which is something we have, I don't think, seen till now outside of maybe one or two things. I don't think anybody learns a lesson or anything. Not a character arc of this level. Yeah. But I think it is dragged down by the music. And... The insistence on anything but the actual story being told, both with uh, Boomer and Dinky, Dinky, um, uh, Vixie, and uh, just the 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 badger, the porcupine. Great, I get it, but it's also like a lot of this is like this is I'm here for the fox and the hound. This story is what I think is important, and I think it it highlights a lot of things that are not super integral to the story. And so we did drag it down a bit for me. I am going to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Well, I will tell you, when I watched it this time, I mean, I remember it from when y'all were little, and we would watch it every once in a while, and I do remember seeing it when it first came out. And I remember yesterday when I watched it thinking, you know, I really don't like this as much as I thought I did. Um, but having talked with y'all, it just it just always helps. Mm-hmm. It has helped me think more about it and more clearly. That's what I love. About um, a lot of times you get other perspectives. I do think that the story think, you know. itself is a really really good story. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep story. Um, I do think the characters were good in it. Like I told you, I thought that uh, some of them were a little too over exaggerated for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Disney movies goes, this is probably my least favorite as far as the music. I thought the songs were not good at all. It lacked a lot. Um, which is a shame because of... Um, having Pearl Bailey. Having Pearl Bailey. They oh could have gosh. done so much yeah. more with the music. But having Aaron told telling us beforehand about all the turmoil that's going mm-hmm. on in the Disney studios while this is being... Uh, Filmed, then you're able to see. I can see why there are some parts that are left wanting. Almost mm-hmm. 
you can almost see the turmoil in the movie yes. itself after one. Yes. You can see and when that there may have been some songs that were supposed to be in there that got taken probably. out by well, Ron Miller. And like Miller. I said, the voice casting came so late into production, they had to use a lot of mainstays right. that were already on a lot. And when you put this up against, say, a Jungle Book or uh, a Snow White or a Cinderella or a Little Mermaid or uh, an Aladdin and well, stuff yeah. in the Renaissance, it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in it comparison, doesn't to, it doesn't stack up. It doesn't yeah. stack up. It's not so, as, but like you said, me- it memorable. makes sense but with it, knowing yes. the time of Disney's yes. company. And that's why I love doing this. Is right. We get to see the movies in light of when they happen. But on mm-hmm. its own merit, as a story, I think it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Oh, so yeah. I, beforehand, was I, I was on the fence as to what I was going to give it, but having listened to all y'all and, and, and where everybody is, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Awesome. Um, I agree with all of y'all. I, I agree with Adam. There are definitely a lot of parts of the movie that feel disjointed. Mm-hmm. And like Dad said, a part of that is probably because of the all of the issues in, right. within the actual company oh, yeah. and that's Almost visible throughout definitely. the movie. I mean, Andrew, you said when you realize people were fighting for what they wanted kept in and what they didn't want in and stuff. And you can see that, especially like within Chief. Towards the end of the movie, there were scenes that had probably already been done in light of Chief dying. Correct. And then scenes that feel odd because they probably had to be shoehorned in after Ron with just having a broken leg. Yeah. Right. And so (laughs) funny as that scene is, it it feels very, it feels very like, it feels just, you don't need to be here. And And you don't really need to be that upset if all he did was broken. And so it it does make you wonder what the movie would have been like had uh, Wolfgang been able to direct Mm -hmm. it. If there would have been more songs and phenomenal songs having Pearl Bailey in it with them not doing voice castings till the end. I wonder if that means the songs and music were, on the back burner until towards the end of production. Probably, well. and so it was just rushed. And, and so there's, there's a lot of aspects of the movie that feel very rushed and not great, like a lot of movies we've covered or will cover. But I agree with all of y'all. On its own, it's a good movie. It's got a really good story. The characters are very well flushed out. Um, I did not enjoy it when I watched it because I was sad. But having talked about it with you guys, I feel like I've found a much fonder appreciation for this movie. And the cast, I think, helps it because yes. of who is in it. I agree. So, I think another reason that some of it feels disjointed, like especially the, the boomer and dinky stuff with how it felt unnecessary, but mm-hmm. was kind of like shoehorned in. Because it's such a sad movie, they had to it have makes some comedy release. Really. Because it's supposed to be like family-friendly, yeah. like for kids and stuff, you have to have some stuff to break that tension we'll, for the kids. And especially, we'll see that some in the episodes, specifically The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. I know, Adam, there's going to be a couple scenes you're going to have issues with. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I already know Dark what you're yeah. The reason is the same. It's because if you don't have those... It's very dark. You have to remember it's, it's a kid's movie. Disney is aimed at kids, so if you have this dark tale... You've got to have some lighthearted tone breakers so the kids aren't totally freaked out. And they can get those tickets. And my big thing tickets. is don't, don't bring the kids. It's I understand I that's that's what it is, but also like if, we, if it changes the tone of the movie and then tries to change it back, you're, you're losing me. Yeah, but I'm going to give it a six and a half. Okay. Um, I feel like it's a very, as I said at the beginning, very average movie, but there's a lot that's good here. A yeah, lot I would worked. agree. I would agree. Mm-hmm. So that is a six... A six and a half, a seven and an eight, and then a six from dad, which yeah. gives us a total of a 27 and a half out of 40. So that's uh, very middle of the road. Middle of the road. I would say Kurt Russell 
and Pat uh, Buttram, Buttram and, and Paul Winchell definitely bumped this up for me because oh, I'm like, oh, I love these guys. I was like such a, such a high score. And Sandy Duncan. And Sandy Duncan. Oh, my and gosh. Bailey Bailey and Jeanette Nolan as Widow Tweed did a good job. And Jack Albertson. Uh, the performances were great. And I'm a good... I'm a sucker for some fun little stuff, you know, like oh, with absolutely. Boomer and everything. So I, I definitely had a more positive time. <laughs> 27 and a half. I think that's very respectable. That's not bad at all. That's about a full point less than like Cinderella and a couple points less than Dumbo. So like not as good as others, but definitely higher than movies that we've seen like The Rescuers. I'll say story-wise, um, they're oh, probably better than those. Hot but this person. movie has a higher score than The Jungle Book. Uh, <laughs> not, not for me, it did. Not for me, it did. No, it wow. Did. Wow, hot take. By there. how much more? Uh, four points. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm not surprised, though. Actually, you know what? Okay. I, I agree with that. It's obviously a lot higher than some other movies. <laughs> Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> About nine points higher. Honestly, huh. um, it should be way higher than that. <laughs> yeah, probably so. You know why it's the first one that we did? A little so higher we than uh, like, Sword, okay, of, Sword and Stone, cool. wasn't it? Just as smooth. Yeah. <laughs> what was Sword and Stone score? It was know. way down. Let me go check. No Siri. Every time! <laughs> <laughs> she just said, don't worry about it, Aaron Wilson. Shut up! <laughs> You're stupid. Uh, Sword in the Stone was a 13 and a half, and this is 27 and a half. So this is 14 <laughs> 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 points higher. It's fine. So, wow. Um, yeah, but that is the Fox and the Hound. First of all, Dad, thanks for joining Thank us. you for letting me do it. I appreciate it. We're going to do some plugs real quick. Is he our first returning it. guest? He yes. is. Thank you. How did you feel about that, Dad? Well, I think it's justified. He also, <laughs> I think it's earned. I, I think, think I should be the first one. Right? <laughs> we needed to give him a second chance since he sorely disappointed us with the Jungle Book not being in our normal repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> he came back yeah. to help bring up the mood on such not, a sad There you movie. go. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> I tried to make y'all watch it. But thanks for coming back. We'll definitely be having you back again. Thank you very much. The four of us love having you on. I so. love it when y'all when guess. we're all be able to do this together. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so fun. Um, so we are, as I said, on all podcast platforms. You can leave a nice rating on most any podcast platform that I'm aware of. So leave us five stars. We love that. And then on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, you can leave a written review, and that helps with analytics a lot. And it leaves us feedback. So you can let us know what you think of us, how we're doing Anything we could be doing better. And we'll read it. And we would love to read those on the... We've read a couple of them on, unless you don't want on the to. air. Unless you don't want us to, which is fine. But please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think of us. Um, leave us a good written review. It helps with algorithms. Helps other people find us so we can share the Disney love with people. By the way, for those who have watched the last couple... Their mother and I have explained to them what the Waltons was. <laughs> yes. I know, Sorry. the burning question from all our fans. <laughs> the Waltons. The last we were burning incredibly from the upset is, that y'all did not know. Does anyone know who Fibber McGee and Molly is? I do. Oh, you want to explain that? Because I well, didn't know. Well, it was a radio show. Ah. And then a TV show and they were puppets. Okay. Ah. Yeah, it goes back. <laughs> It goes back to the golden age of radio. I've got, I've got fly, war flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks from fun and fancy for 
Adam has some issues. It's not a ventriloquist! Adam, Adam, can't can't enjoy, Adam can't enjoy the Muppets anymore. <laughs> no, I can because the Muppets aren't puppets. They're sentient adult creatures! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Aaron! Get with it! My bad. But anyways, if you leave us a written review, we would love to read that on the podcast so people can hear what you have to say about us. You, you say and we don't have any to read today. It's real. But that's fine. Uh, and we also, if you want to talk to us more, we have an email address. That is distractedqoc at gmail.com. QOC, QOC as in, in quartet, quartet of chaos. chaos. No caps, no uh, spaces, no anything like that. Um, so you can leave us an email if you want to tell us your opinion on a Disney movie we've covered, what your favorite movie is. If you have any questions for us, like, hey, what's your favorite Disney Renaissance movie? What's your favorite Disney song? Which that would take a lot of thought to answer that one. So <laughs> give us some prep time if you want to ask that question. What's but your favorite Disney movie with a fox? There are only a few answers, but there's a right one. <laughs> like, if you, any questions you want to ask us, feel free to, to email us that. Anything, <laughs> anything you want to say to us. Too I'm just trying to push past. I know. I'm sorry. I just saw but well, a lot of turmoil. We are distracted. <laughs> we are distracted. We right? did the thing. I did mention that. Have so. I mentioned, by the way? Sorry. Any at work when I'm with uh, Argmanda, anytime one of us gets off topic, we'll be like, uh, "Sorry, I got distracted." We'll both look at each other, and just be like, "Ah." <laughs> I love that. Argmanda and Mermanda, two of our friends who are both named Amanda, subsequently, both tend to send us lots of emails, and that's tons of fun. We mm-hmm. love to hear from you guys. So please send us emails, and we'll read them on the podcast, unless you don't want us to. And we do have an email to read today. Um, it is from our very own Angelicious, as Adam calls <laughs> hey! She has sent us an email. And are you sure? It says, Angela MCK. Okay. <laughs> Why? Is that a different Angela? No. Because <laughs> I was there when she was writing this. Okay. And she, I think, made a new email address called Number One Ange Fan. <laughs> Number One Ange Fan or whatever. <laughs> trying to not be Angela to see if we can catch on. But you caught on immediately. Number One Ange Fan. Yes. Yes. Um, hey, it's okay. So you tried. Seatbelts have to go back on. Oh, boy. Okay. this email is titled... Very disappointed. I'm so nervous about me. Must be one that I was not helping her uh, uh, oh, do. Uh, sure, Dad, sure. But even Andrew's very own fiance is disappointed in us. So she said, hello, as you can tell by the subject line, I am very disappointed. Why? For many reasons. <laughs> oh, no. She was giggling like the whole time she was typing this up. <laughs> Like, in the car on the way here. I haven't read this yet, by the way. So. Oh, no. I, I, will right. be, I will be crying All right, everyone, this. everyone be quiet. I just, Let's go. I just read the first line of the next paragraph, and I'm dead. So I, so, I was really hoping that you firstly, wouldn't know this from her. why place. wasn't Angela in the latest episode? Imagine me, Angela's number one fan, so excited for her to finally get her voice to the world via this podcast, only to tune into episode 23, The Rescuers, and not hear that angelic voice. <laughs> angelic voice? Yes. You're robbing your audience. Of what they really want. <laughs> anyway, this isn't the only reason I'm disappointed. I watched The Rescuers in anticipation for this episode and was disappointed with the movie itself. Listen, I'm a shameless cottagecore girl that literally wants to shrink down and live in a tiny critter society. No way! Angela is too! <laughs> this is crazy. I want a mushroom house and to have tea with my best friend that is also a frog that wears a top hat. My solving mysteries in all caps. Lots of exclamation points and question marks. Just wait, Angela, number one fan. Wait till the great mouse detective. That may be up your alley. She said, OMG, sign me up, right? 
She said, wrong. This movie had such potential and just really let me down. Agreed. Maybe it's because I love the idea so much that I hype myself up, but what a letdown. Hear me out. Moonshine Mouse. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Penny was great. She wasn't even going to let giant alligators mess with her. Love it. Orville, or as I call him, Orville Reddenbeaker. (laughs) But Angela, he's named that because he's an airplane and named after the Wright brothers. To to that I say, but my name is, with sparkle emojis on either side, funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also, I'm not Angela. I don't know why I say that. Okay, you got you got me confused there for a second. Angela's number one fan. For, for context, <laughs> if any of you didn't get it, Orville Redenbacher is the Orville popcorn guy. Yes, Redenbeaker. Redenbeaker. Oh. We, yeah. we know that. <laughs> Redenbeaker. The way you pronounced it, I didn't get it. Abby didn't know that. <laughs> she says, Bianca and Bernard, while aesthetically adorable, were kind of a letdown. Yep. Bianca could have been this cool, brave, adventurous girl, and while she did have a want for adventure, they wrote her as a stereotypical woman of that time, very dependent on the men with her. Yep. Bianca is also... Zsa Gabor that, uh, that was... Eva Gabor. Eva Gabor. Her, I believe the sister of Zsa Gabor. It, the, yes. Yeah. Of the Gabor sisters. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Bianca is also the literal definition of pretty privilege, lol. Not every woman has to be tough and brave. One of my favorite Disney characters is Charlotte from The Princess and the Frog, Queen. (laughs) But the problem with Bianca is I think they were actually trying to write her as brave and tough and adventurous and really missed the mark. Correct. And Bernard is just a snooze fest. I always tend to love the shy, awkward characters, but again, I just wasn't picking up what they were trying to put down for him. So I'll end this email with me asking you to bring back Angela, and I hope the Fox <laughs> and the Hound is better. I've never seen it. I hope it is a lighthearted comedy because I had a stressful weekend. Well, Angela's number one fan, do we have good news for you? This is at the end, so you already know it isn't. Um, but the next one is so was a real also for probably you, not. I think we have to bring back Angela. I don't know. I feel like we may need to bring in Angela's number one fan to bring Angela with her just to get that interaction. You know what? Yes. (laughs) Y'all, the ending of this email. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so upset that you... She said bye in parentheses for now. And then in parentheses again, two spaces down, yes, that's a threat. And then two spaces down, also, since you have a Mermanda and Argmanda, perhaps I can refer to myself as Ange Fanda. <laughs> Ange Fanda, we expect to hear more back from you. I hate this. Why did I agree to this? This is what I live for. <laughs> so thank you for the email, not Angela. Ange Fanda, call her by her correct name. Ange Fanda, Ange fan number, Ange number one fan at Gmail. Thank you. I'm going number to number one Ange fan. That that one. Please Andrew write that again. Email very quickly. That was a fabulous email. This is why we love to hear from y'all. Y'all give us smiles and laughs, and I do genuinely like to hear y'all's opinions on movies. So. That's just so fun. So everybody, keep sending us emails. Now half the emails in this inbox is people subscribing to the YouTube channel. Yay! Woo! Um, we have like four subscribers. <laughs> yeah! Three of them are at this table. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Um, anyways, I'm gonna try to get some more episodes up later this week on our YouTube channel. Just uploading our beginning episodes. Yeah. Um, so they can but catch up. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We have very much enjoyed doing another episode. I know that this is not long after I posted the last episode, but as I always say, we try to do this at a regular schedule, and as you always know, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> we try to do it every other week. At least we're still getting them out we're fairly consistent-ish. consistently. 
So um, if you've been following along with us and watching the movies, or if you're just interested, or if any of you guys on the podcast with me don't know what's next, the next movie we're covering is The Black Cauldron, the dark spot and the forgotten child of Walt Disney. <laughs> so I'm very excited to cover this one that nobody knows about mm-hmm. very much. Oh, yeah. That'll be a hot take. So everybody tune back in for that one. I think this is the first one that y'all have covered that I have not seen. Really? Correct. Awesome. I'm excited to catch everybody back in Yield, England. Um, anyways, I know goodbye may seem forever, but we'll only be here a couple weeks. In a couple weeks. So You almost made it so good. I know. Just How hold dare. on, hold on, hold on. Just just do it again. Just cut out the first Edit one. Edit it out. Edit it out. I'm going to do that okay. because it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> goodbye may seem forever, dear listeners, but it'll... Only be a couple weeks until we come back at you with that Black Cauldron episode. So everybody stay tuned. Try not to get too distracted. We absolutely will because we do every day. And we will catch you guys next time in medieval times. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> we're just I want the listeners to know we're just staring at him. After the medieval time, we're just looking at yeah. him. He just he, and he deserves it. He knows he deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> Also, editing Aaron. <laughs> I was debating in the yeah. yeah. Editing Aaron, don't take out the, the, the reader. You leave that in. You leave in all of it. We'll see. Anyways, <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. Wait, that was a part of it? Yeah. <laughs> the Distracted Podcast is inspired by Disorder, every Disney film, which is a part of the Real Fans for Real Movies Network. However, we are not affiliated with this network. We simply liked the idea. Distracted Quartet of Chaos is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company, and our opinions should not be associated as such. You got a free Adam! Yes, we're recording! We're recording! We're good! We're good! Did I just have a stroke? <laughs>